Magnets in Space. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's March 14th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 182. This is no agenda. Just two blocks away from Vivid Entertainment's international headquarters and coming to you from the hilltop watchtower crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from what time it is, it seems wrong. Something's wrong. I'm in Northern California. At the, uh, I don't know where, John C. Dvorak here. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. It's hard, isn't it? A little bit earlier in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but I got I mean, I went to bed early. I set the clocks last night, so I was like ready to get up at the wrong time. You're the only guy I know who has to set his clock. What do you mean I have to set my clock? I don't want to wake up and look at the wrong time. No, but everything is, in, like, in your analog word, world, maybe, but in the digital world, everything is automatic, see? I don't have to set any clock. I wake up and everything's already done oh, for me. Oh, that's right. Everything is already programmed for you. Yeah. You <laughs> slaves. <laughs> okay, let's get to it then. Shut up, slave. You know, I, I, here in the... Uh, in the in Southern California, we have all this happy news, which I really like. I have to admit, where uh, there's just all these little human interest stories, like "Oh, look at the puppies! They're so cute." So they uh, Friday and Saturday they have guys out on the street asking people about daylight savings time, and <laughs> I feel that for something so vast. That they're really, you know, I even went to whitehouse.gov. I'm like, can't, can't someone just actually give me an official explanation of what it's for? And you and I talk about this every single time it happens. And at the end of the day, it's just clear. Once again, the elite have stolen an hour of time from us. That's the yeah, bottom line. Get, they, they, get, they return it later. Bullshit. Without interest. If you give me a couple extra minutes, then I, I'd be okay with it. But there's, it, it's off. I think they should just keep it at this as the daylight savings time hours. Yeah, but you know the whole thing is like you know Europe doesn't switch yet, and it keeps changing the date when we do it. And like, could you tell me right now what date are we going to fall back? What is the actual date? You don't know. I thought you fall forward and spring back. Yeah, but you don't know the date because that that's like a moving October third. Really. I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm glad you bought it, though. <laughs> in the morning to you, my friend. Yes, in the morning to everybody. Right. So, uh, But see, this is tough now. because I, had sent, I sent out Twitters last night because our Gitmo Nation East uh, producers, they didn't change time. So they could have been, like, really worried, you know, that we received uh, perhaps uh, two to the head, seeing as we weren't on. At our so regular we two time. Exec- we, let's get our executive producers mentioned before we go on too long. Okay. Uh, we have a... Uh, I'm now using Eric's Contact Avenue as the, uh, the, the, the yeah, database. Which, which wasn't up to date last night. Well, I just I downloaded the new stuff uh, this morning. Right, okay. So uh, our uh, executive producer is Josh Feldman. He uh, contributed $283.33. Fantastic, Josh. And uh, he wants, he says it's in honor of his 28th birthday today. He's going to give you $10 per year of my life 
And then the extra $3.33 to make my total donations to the show three thirty three so far this year. Two more payments till I get to call myself a knight. That's right. We, we kick in the extra penny. That's right. We kick in the extra penny. We're generous. Thanks, Adam and John. <laughs> That's how we roll. <laughs> I'd like to share a quick thought and ask a question. We saw Sarah Palin perform stand-up on Jay Leno a few weeks back. We also mm-hmm. ran that on our show, by the way. Yeah. Con- uh, conveniently happened right after the actress from Family Guy with the Down syndrome said Palin had no sense of humor. I'm not sure that performing jokes that other writers wrote really shows a sense of humor, but I guess it doesn't hurt. I have been surprised that there's been little talk on the show about Comcast attempting to buy NBC. If you watched uh, 30 Rock this week, that's what the show is about. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, I watched uh, some of the congressional hearings about this yesterday. Uh, I did too. As a matter of fact, I was hoping to get a clip from it. It was it was kind of interesting because everyone's like friends with everybody. It's like you know the you got the the honorable gentleman from Hawaii, Hawaii, and he's like, uh, well, you know, I've known the, uh, the the owners of Comcast for many years. Uh, they are they are people of unquestionable integrity. <laughs> like, welcome to uh, welcome to a congressional hearing. <laughs> Unquestionable integrity. <laughs> okay. And then there's that guy Yo Yu or whatever his name yeah. was, the professor. Yeah. Who said there was much to do about nothing? These are small time operations. Right? Not really. No, but so there is a lot of you know it, it's huge control. That's really what it's about. Is that you know? And yeah, who cares? And we're not watching anyway. We're watching anyway, C-SPAN. He, he, he wants to know what we think about it, and we don't have much to say. Uh, I think uh, it's uh, something to keep our eye on. Which is what we do. Yeah. So is there another executive producer or an associate executive producer? We have an associate executive producer mm-hmm. uh, who is also a knight today. Holy uh, moly. Yap, Booten, uh, uh, you know. Boutendijk. Brighton Boutendike. B U I B U I T E N D I J K. Yeah, Boutendike. Okay. That's it. New night based on his, you know, he did his own accounting. Uh, last night he watched a documentary, and he gave us two hundred bucks. Uh, he watched the documentary "America from Freedom to Fascism" by Aaron Russo, which convincingly is, by the way, everybody that, out there. That is a great documentary. I'll say I have seen that one. These notes are getting too long, which convincingly convincingly asserts that there is no law that obliges Americans to pay income tax on their wages or labor. Yeah. It's a scam. Yeah, tell people that are in jail. <laughs> yeah. That is, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing there behind bars? Hey, did you know that you were scammed? Well, hold on a second, John, because I, I totally believe that this is true. Unfortunately, you can't get out of it. Right. You know, the only the only way to do it is to just completely live off the grid, which, by the way, I know plenty of people who do that. Who well, they're who- going to be calling you to ask for their name shortly. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can probably get, but you know, living off the grid is means low. You know, you're not going to be making millions of dollars off the grid necessarily. Yeah, but that's the whole point. If you live off the grid, you don't need millions of dollars. Not true. You can probably get by cheap. Yeah, and no, there's plenty of people that live off the grid, and they, you know, they, they you know, if they're going to say, by the way, uh, hopefully, well, I don't know how they send us money. 
We don't get any donations from people off the grid. Yeah, well, from what I heard from you, we didn't get a lot of donations. Period. This past no, week. we could have gotten more donations this week, but we did get a you know we did get a number of fifty five two two nickels on the dime, even though I haven't put the button on it yet. Okay, but, hold on uh, a second. So these are our associate producers. That's it. Josh Feldman, our executive uh, producer, and Jan Buitendijk, associate executive producer. Yep. Okay, so yep. both of you, congratulations with the credit. You are now uh, officially. Uh, and respectively, executive producer and associate executive producer of No Agenda, episode 182. It gives you a lot of rights. The rights are you can put it on your resume. It uh, it has a karma factor. And, of course, you can go out and you can follow our simple formula officially with this credit. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Hell yeah. And we enjoy doing it. So, uh, and we yeah, and we appreciate fact, your we support. We do vouch for you, but you can always refer to the uh, any one of the uh, postings because we post the names of our producers on the uh, Dvorak.org slash blog on No Agenda Show and Curry.com. And uh, if somebody wants to see it, it's on there forever. You and, know, and if you need us to take a phone perpetuity. call, if you need us to vouch for you with a phone call for someone, no problem. We'll do that as well. Yeah. Because you did, in fact, pay for the show. Yes. So, uh, which is what producers do. Uh, and I want to talk about uh, a couple of producers later. Uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Steven Spielberg. Because this will show you what, what a producer credit can get for you and how it can further your career. I've heard Tom Hanks and Spielberg have gotten very far with these credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it. I, yeah. These credits are a good thing, they say. <laughs> it really does make a difference at cocktail parties. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what it is. So we have two knighthoods today, John, for the early yeah, service. Yeah, we'll get to those when we go through the. Uh, oh, you don't want you don't want to do them now. You want to do them later? Well, we could do them now if you want. Yeah, why not? Because I have uh, the official uh, knighthood oath. Oh no! Yeah, um, but I'm thinking how to do it. Can I do two knights at once, or that's not really right? Is it? I, I should. No, we can do the two knights crowning, and then you can do the oath part of it after. Well, that makes no think? sense now. That makes well, no you're going to read the oath. Is it an oath that you have to read? I'm not getting this. Well, no, it's an oath. I'm, <laughs> it's an oath that I have to read, and they have to. You know, it, it's a part of the whole ceremony. Come on. All right. Well, let's do it. We'll start with Yap Boytendike. Can you can look? If the guy is a is a damn knight, John, at least get his name right. It's not the easiest name in the world to pronounce, let alone spell. Try it, Boutendijk. Boutendijk. Very good. Ja, Boutendijk, kneel before us as you are about to be knighted officially as Sir Yap, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. You hereby solemnly swear to never traffic with traitors, never give evil counsel to a lady, at all times to speak the truth, to protect the weak and defenseless, to preserve, to end in any enterprise begun, never to refuse a challenge from an equal, to always do it in the morning, and to hit all foes in the mouth. Welcome to the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, Sir Yap. Where did you get that one? From uh, a history website. The history website refers to in the morning and, and hitting people in the mouth? <laughs> yes, it's amazing, isn't it? I, I, I was blown away. 
<laughs> Who is our other knight today? Ah, uh, this is more complex because it's a black knight, but she may be re- want to refer herself to as, as a. Oh, I don't want to say this for sure, but possibly a pink knight. Oh. The uh, Julie Lee, who we uh, we forgot to knight a few weeks back from from the fabulous town and the great state of Clinton, North Carolina. So she would not be a knight, but a lady. Yeah, she'd be a, or a, dame, a dame or a, da, a dame or whatever you want. What do you think? We've been doing ladies, haven't we? Well, I don't know. Dame sounds she, kind of like a, a, she should be running a whorehouse. That doesn't sound right. Well, I know, but that would be, you know, instead of sir, it's dame. But I think we just knight her and then call her dame. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, how you doing? Your old dame is perfect. Julie Lee, kneel before us as we now are proud Tonight, the Black Dame, Julie Lee. Please join our Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable and participate in the oath to always do it in the morning and hit all foes in the mouth. Awesome. So we'll well, call she's her- also not supposed to give false counsel to men. Yeah, but I didn't want to read the whole thing all over, all over again. She got it the first time. She took mm-hmm. notes. All right. Well, the most important thing is is to never traffic with traitors, and to protect the weak and defenseless. Do not traffic with traitors. Damn it. Well, anyway, Julie's uh, congratulations. Oh, a little intermezzo, John. How do you like your eggs in the morning? I like mine with a. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it came in. I felt I needed to use it. It's one of my favorite sounds you make. All right, well, we really appreciate the uh, support from Josh Feldman, executive producer, Jab Boutendijk, associate executive producer, and of course, brand new knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, and our Dame Julie, Black Knight, Dame Julie Lee. Uh, you are credited as such in the show notes at noagendashow.com, and you have this audio, make it your ringtone. Uh, but more importantly, know that you actually have helped us uh, keep this show going. And and we really need your support because we've been uh, kind of peddling backwards, it seems, on some of the donations. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile. Right now. Yes. Meanwhile, uh, back at the ranch. So, you know, the top news to me seems to be this uh, <laughs> is the attempt uh, to uh, there's two. There's actually two. There's a real news story, and then there's another kind of faux. Uh, there's a two real news stories. One of them, of course, is the is the uh, crazy. Uh, uh, oh, the second jihad, Jane. The second jihad, Jane. Yeah. Um, Which I I've looked into a little bit because, of course, once I, again, Wall Street Journal, top of the news, front yeah, page. Yeah. We've got Murdoch the second one. On top of all this stuff, oh, yeah. you know, Murdoch's a big shareholder in Reuters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got I got some Reuters stuff too. I looked into those guys. You know, it's it's not the shareholdership. It's the you got to look at the board of directors and the CEO. By the board of directors, they're all like Council on Foreign Relations. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, what kind of a news organization would have anyone from the Council on Foreign Relations on having anything to do with it? So help help me understand a couple of things, um, because I, I you know this all this all these suburban jihad James, which by the way the suburban meme is kind of coming out a little bit, John. There is some of that, like it could be your neighbor. It could be. Um, Turn her in now. So uh, they're all going to Ireland. 
Yeah, They're going to Ireland to kill a guy who lives in Sweden. I don't yeah. understand. And I actually found, uh, I went to some of the Irish uh, newspaper websites, to the Irish Times, and I have a little uh, collection of stuff in the, in the show notes. And so this uh, Lars Vilks uh, was interviewed by the Irish Times, who, by the way, have none of this on their front page. There's not like, it's not front page news in Ireland, apparently. And by the way, there's all kinds of conflicting information because, of course, they don't give the names, but they've released two of the women in this cabal. So I don't know how many more women are there. At least they released two of them. I didn't know there were any more than Jihad Jane and her buddy there. Uh, but this, but this guy has a uh, what a crock of crap. It's total crap. And this guy is interviewed by the Irish Times, and he's like, they meet at McDonald's, and he's walking around. He says, you know. Even he said, like, what an unexpected place uh, to be doing something against an artist in Sweden, in Ireland, he said. And he said, I have nothing to worry about. I, I, you know, no one's trying to kill me. I'm walking around a free man. She says, yeah, the, uh, the police here in Sweden, you know, they, uh, they have their eye on a couple things and a couple people. And only once have they ever warned me that I might want to watch out. But he said, I go everywhere. I walk around. I'm a free man. There's no one trying to kill me. Have you seen this, the, the, the art? Uh, of the uh, prophet, and by the way, it's not just Muhammad; it's the Prophet Muhammad as a dog, right? Have you seen this? These they actually, yes. there's more than one of these. Yes, these I have sketches. Seen them. Yeah, they, they a- suck. Yeah, the guy's no good. They, no they should, good. They should off it's him for that. Go after, go after those Danish guys. Those guys are pretty good. Yeah. The Swedish guy, he's going to go through and say, hey, you know what? I, I wanted to kill you as a jihad, but you suck so bad. You know, I'd rather <laughs> just let you live in the agony of your horrible art. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> but part of the part of this, of course, and this is you know, we know that Reuters. As if you had, didn't listen to episode one eighty one, you really must, because John did a great job of pulling apart and and actually proving that this was a setup. So, um, as a part of this whole cabal, of course, uh, and Reuters is reporting on this, and I have that link in my little collection as well. McCain and Lieberman have been pushing this legislation, which came out last week as well, to require the military to hold, interrogate, and prosecute certain terrorism suspects and, of course, bar them from receiving legal rights uh, afforded to most uh, criminals or suspected criminals in the United States, which means that if you are a blue-eyed, blonde-haired jihadist living in America or suspected of such that you can just be picked up and held against your will. Yeah, and you can actually, why don't you just go pick up anybody you want? Because what difference is it? Just accuse them of terrorism. I mean, right nowadays, if somebody has a protest pipe bomb in front of the post office or some crazy thing, or they throw a, throw a, 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 yeah, a terrorist at the yeah. teacher, yeah. or they, or they, you know, or they throw, a, or they say they have spitballs in class, that's terrorism, <laughs> and they'll just pick up the kids and throw them in the in the clink without this, any due process. This that's girl, uh, due process has been, is, is, they're just trying to kill it. This girl, Jamie. Jamie Paulin Ramirez. She looks like one of the, one. Of, she looks like one of those girls you you do when you're really drunk. She looks like like an ugly Mia Farrow. <laughs> like when you wake up, you're like, oh god, you know, like your arms underneath her head, and you want to chew your arm off instead of waking her up. Anyway, um, so the funniest thing about this is the reporting where they have pictures of her keyboard with Arabic characters. Oh, is that right? I oh, didn't yeah. See that. So for, but it's all it's all screwed up, right? So it's like, uh, and I have all these links in the show notes. Like, oh, um, yes, you know, the FBI came in and took her computer, and then of course, 
the Fox News somehow miraculously has a picture of her keyboard after the FBI took the keyboard and took the computer. So, so you know, it's just like an Arabic keyboard that just took, you know, they probably didn't even take a picture. You can probably find it on uh, online somewhere. And I think this is, I think this is also, um, this is also a part of the initiative to shut down the internet. You watch. Because oh, yeah, a lot no, of been, you know, by the way, I have been following this, and people out there should be aware of it, so I don't need any extra notes. There's been a very subtle, both in the UK and the United States, has been a very subtle. You know, we need to. You know, the internet has got something to is to blame. In fact, there was some congressman that came out. Oh, I, there's the nine twenty three right on time. There it goes. Yeah, it's going like two miles an hour down there. Well, that's Obama's high-speed train uh, initiative. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> I mean, I can walk faster than this train is going. And you walk pretty fast, I have to yeah. say. So anyway, the, there was some congressman or something that blamed the whole thing. So the reason that there's so much terrorism, because the terrorists... Use the Internet. And it, been, it's been expedited by the Internet. And he went on and on. And then in the process, somewhere in, along the lines, he, he kind of threw the crotch bomber in there. And I just think, I just imagine looking oh, yeah. at this guy. Oh. This guy doesn't even type this, this is, crotch bomber. Bomber. This, this guy's is, not on the internet. <laughs> this is Gary Reed, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Combating Terrorism. What I mean, is this how big is this business card? Is it like a A4 size? It's huge. Yeah. And and he says, quote, enabled by 21st century technology, extremists have optimized the use of internet chat rooms like noagendachat.com, websites and email chains, email chains to spread their virulent message, virulent message and reach a global audience of potential recruits. Oh, you can't yes. even get a good connection in Yemen. I can't even get a good good connection in Los Angeles. What are you talking about? So meanwhile, so Yemen, so apparently Yemen is a hotbed of internet activities yeah. because and the crotch bombers on the net as we speak typing away like a furiously in chat rooms. This guy doesn't even have a computer. Give me a break. This you know, is bull crap, yeah. and they just keep laying it on, laying it on. You know, the problem is we have our little show, and we have our, you know, tens of thousands of views, wise listeners. <laughs> the ones and that the actually donate. You know, we have our wise listeners, but it's such a small part of the big picture that I just feel, you know, we, we're, it's hopeless. There's no way of pushing back this, this, this tide. Oh, John, this is, but of course, it's what this is all about is enslavement of the people. It's so obvious. And you know that now the TSA is doing a couple extra bits of uh, of work now, and I've had this happen to me. After you've gone through the checkpoint, the screening checkpoint, 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 you're being checked at the checkpoint, slave. Then you, uh, you're at your gate, and they'll do a spot check. So before you get on the plane, they check you again with the rubber gloves. And I had... Um, I didn't have this happen to me, but I'm trying to think who told me this. The TSA now walks around in airports, and if you have a bottle of water or a other liquid that you have purchased after the checkpoint, they put a little litmus piece of paper in it to test your freaking liquid in your bottle, which is just an outrage. I don't want litmus goo in my I'd be like, water. no way. I'd be, you know, but it's, you know... I got. We got a note from uh, one of our listeners. And what do they expect to find with the litmus test? 
nothing. It's 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 about it's about control. It's about conditioning. They have absolutely no right to do that. And just to show you the attitude, one of our producers sent me a note, and he said, "Man, I was really freaked out that his uh, his bag went through the the X ray machine, and it came out the other the other side." And they said, "Well, we want to screen your bag again." He said, "Well, let me just put my uh, my liquids in the front pouch." And the TSA agent's response was, "No, this is my bag right now." <laughs> Shut up, slave. Yeah, I read that note too. Oh my god. But that's not half as bad, John, as what what I saw. So this freaked me out to no end. Friday night. I'm here at the watchtower. I'm watching, uh, you know, I'm kind of tired, but I'm like, just like, let me just flip through the channels. I've, I've gotten really good here in Los Angeles. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, cause, you know, I'm, I'm really getting into looking at all the mainstream stuff since you're, there's so much of it here and so much of it is created here. I'll talk about that later. But anyway, I'm watching 2020. This is an ABC program. Uh, the worst. And they have this program and this, and, and I, and I, I was enthralled by it. Um, title of the program, and it's a little uh, collection of links in the show notes, noagendashow.com, 2020. Uh, the title of the show, Paranoid Schizophrenic Girl Has Urges to Kill Her Mother. Now, that's, a, that's, a, that's an attention-grabbing headline. So um, it's a story, and actually they do uh, two or three different girls and families. And they're com- they're completely whacked. They're schizophrenic. They're hearing voices. They're seeing things. They want to kill their sisters. You know, it's like, it's really, really sad. And I'm watching this report, and it goes on and on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, they show the pills that these kids have been on that have been prescribed by doctors. I mean, it is a, a mini pharmacy. And and the most amazing stuff. And just all all of these drugs... And the thing that blew me away was that there was no question, no question at all. Like, hey, do you think any of these psychotics actually could be uh, making your kids fucking crazy? No question at all. So the journalism was like completely non-existent. And, and I'm like, OK, that's very typical. But then at the end, miraculously, these kids seem to be healed, John. <laughs> they are healed by the drug Saphris, S-A-P-H-R-I-S. The whole thing was a setup to sell yet another new drug to help your kids from get off of their schizophrenic whatever because of the other crap they've been given. And ABC willingly participated in this sales job. <laughs> sounds like it should have been. It sounds like it was a, a infomercial. It was a complete infomercial. It was, and you know, it was like problem resolution. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, these kids, it's horrible. And then all of a sudden, and for three months now, ever since taking Saffris, not only do they not want to kill each other or their family members, but they're doing great. They've got A's. You know, it's like it was unbelievable. <laughs> you have got to look at this report. And of course, this Saffris was only approved in September of last year after trying to get approved for about two years. Um, U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved the Saffris SH. S-A-P-H-R-I-S tablets. And you know, it was like mental illness, like schizophrenia and other bipolar disorder. 
bipolar disorder can be devastating to patients and families requiring lifelong treatment and therapy. And Safras will solve all of your problems. It is unbelievable how the drugs are being pushed on to the American people and onto kids. When you you have to look at this this piece of video, I mean the whole kitchen table was filled with pills, and they show well she takes this one here's the lithium and here's the ritalin and here's a, everything with an um, and it just it blew me away. Instead of like you know hey maybe the kid's like thirteen and just angry. <laughs> no, that can't be. Thirteen you know? year olds never get that way. And so then I'm. Uh, so this stuff is called a cinepine, by the way. So, so here, here's what's uh, interesting, though. You know my whole thing. Bye, baby. Thank you. Love the pancakes this morning. Awesome. Uh, so then I'm what looking. Was that? Well, who are you talking that's to? That's Miss Mickey. Miss Mickey. She made some huh. kick-ass pancakes this morning. Pancakes. Okay. Yeah, it's the No Agenda pancakes. So anyway, so you know me, and I'm like, you know, this whole healthcare debate. I'm like, where the hell are the doctors? Well, I have found some of the doctors, and there's this fantastic blog. The Carlet Psychiatry blog, and he has an account that is just—it shows you how this stuff works. Um, so he actually, because I was googling around, and then he—he you know, he has this story about Saffris, and uh, you got to listen to this. Uh, so this is made my shearing plow. So this is how they market the stuff. Uh, oddly, the company just sent me a Safras Speaker Bureau invitation packet. The invitation, so he's a doctor. The invitation packet starts with this cover letter flattering me by saying, quote, as a recognized thought leader and well-respected healthcare professional among your peers, we are seeking your participation as a speaker in our shearing plow Safras Speaker Bureau. So, John, you're probably wondering, what can you do with this Speaker Bureau? Well, you basically get signed up to promote this drug after a quick shearing plow training meeting, which, by yeah. the way, they give you $3,000 to attend the training meeting plus all expenses for a day and a half. Sounds good. Yep. So here's what you get. Then you can do, um, you can basically train and inform other doctors about this wonderful drug. And mm. in return... If you do a 45-minute PowerPoint presentation for an informal peer discussion group, they'll pay you $1,600. If you do a 45, listen to this. If you do a 45-minute uh, WebEx presentation, $1,000, which is basically like a podcast. Um, and uh, on an annual basis, you can do as many of these as you want. And uh, of course, we do have a cap. We uh, you can't go over one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and here we here we are. We're doing four and a half, five hours a week, <laughs> and these guys are getting a hundred and seventy yeah, grand up for, that. for doing Webexes. I mean, <laughs> if only I had stayed in school and gotten my degree. I can't believe it. It is. It is. The, and this is part of, you know, the, the book, of course, that I've been talking about, that Eli Lilly uh, insider. And this guy even says, evidently, Shearing Plow is confident it can, it can attract all the hired guns away from both Eli Lilly and Pfizer, both of which have either started posting physician payments on the web or have promised to do so. 
So this, so this is how it works, you know, and the whole thing, it's all set up. They get ABC to do the report, they get your, they get the doctors educated, and boom, then all of a sudden it's gonna be recommended to you by your doctor because your kid basically is going through puberty and just needs to get laid. No, 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 no. let's pump the bitch full of drugs. <laughs> yeah, well, I still that sounds I, like the way I, it works. I still don't hey, have a jingle. I have to say, you know, this is what you call, this, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is modern marketing. Very totally, good. totally. Well, it works. You you go with what works, and if these doctors are willing to sell themselves out and just do that, I mean, it's good money. Well, I have to, you know, I have to say, I can understand how hard it would be. You know, look, you see these magical results of this drug, and like, well, you know, they're going to pay me like thousand bucks for doing a freaking webex you know i don't even have to wear pants i just wear a tie you sit behind <laughs> the desk and make a thousand bucks and can do it uh, i can do it 17 times 100 no 175 170 times a year yeah you can probably do two or three a day easily uh, martha um hold all my calls for a moment i need 45 minutes to myself <laughs> I need to do a web. Now you wonder why you're waiting in the lobby for so long. <laughs> Those guys are like making money. <laughs> but um, no, it was just sad. And even sadder, of course, and this is what our media assassination is about, is that ABC 2020 did not, not, not even one second say, hey, has anyone thought about the combination of all those pills you're pushing into your kid's face? Has anyone and, and there was also a very subtle healthcare thing in there. You see the mother frustrated trying to find a bed at uh, at a psychiatric ward and like, no, we don't have any new, no, we don't have any new, no, and the bills are stacking up. You know all this subtleness. Oh my God! So to bring it full circle, we're just being trained to be true slaves, real slaves. And luckily, the most people who listen to the show won't become one. Yeah, I agree with that. At least not in or, or at, least, at least the ones who, <laughs> every once in a while, somebody gets fed up with us and they send in a nasty note. Oh, did we get any of those? We get any nasty notes? No, but we did have three people drop their subscriptions. Oh, because why? I don't know. They never send an explanation. I'm going to send out a, 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 a uh, an email to people who, who drop their subscription and find out so I can get a little insight. Generally speaking, uh, it's just, you know, I don't know. I haven't heard a real good reason yet. No, I've so, I've heard so like, well, if you're going to uh, if you're going to promote Geert Wilders, I'm dropping my subscription. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of people complaining about Wilders. And by the way, I'm not promoting anybody. I'm just giving my personal account because I've lived in the country and speak the language. Yeah, well, typically, you know, I sent the, the last time I sent a note to the I sent a note back. I said, yeah, you know, the the difference between some of these people complaining are not people with feet on the ground. They're not in Holland. There's some yeah. guy in New Jersey or something, you know, saying, hey, the guy's a, you know, a Nazi. He's a yeah. fascist pig. Oh, but, right? even, but even Dutch people. And he was like, your facts are wrong. And then they don't send any facts. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love your those. Facts are wrong. <laughs> your facts are wrong. Well, that's why we probably don't have a lot of Obama fanatics that listen to the show either. Oh, before I forget, John, uh, we were going to play a little guessing game this morning. Oh, yes. Right. Right. So um, I needed a car. Of course, uh, when uh, you we live were... in Los Angeles, you need like <laughs> one car for each foot. <laughs> well, I can't afford one for each foot. Have you seen the size of Mickey's feet, by the way? So um, and, but... <laughs> I'm sure she'll appreciate that commentary. <laughs> you know, what's great about her feet is there are no Mono Milano Blahniks that fit, which is great. It's much cheaper that way. 
Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. So um, I need a car. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about the fact that I'm going completely. You know, I, I have, I've been pretty much uh, in, a, in a cash cash only mode, have no debt whatsoever, can't get any credit because, of course, I have no debt. Which is the yeah, most which makes nothing thing. but sense. Yeah, and and, and I, I guess the more you apply for credit and are declined, that probably gets counted against you. It does. It goes to knock <laughs> your, your bogus FICA number down because you asked. I'd like to have my credit report. Oh, you asked oh. me. Your number must decline because of it. Yeah, so that FICO, uh, that FICO thing is, uh, is a big-ass scam. Public company. Uh, who are just, you know, it's all part of the enslavement. But of course, you don't actually need to have any debt. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of investigation. What kind of car do I want to get? Now, I can't afford a, a brand new car. Uh, and by the way, why would you want a new car? They're made of plastic, most of them. And uh, as you pointed out, John, the minute you drive off the, off the lot, they're, le- they're worth 10% less. That's, you know, you drive literally 100 feet and boom, you're just like pooping money away. And um, so I go on a quest because I want to pay cash, you know, the whole thing, no, no uh, payments or anything like that. So I'll actually own something. Now, of course, you know, I'm expecting the demise of the country uh, within a few years. So I need to have something that is uh, durable, uh, something that can drive over rubble, uh, <laughs> something big enough for us to sleep in and something that I could actually convert into a temporary mobile crackpot command center. I, I, I wanted a Sherman tank, but it wasn't available. And let me okay, just say, well, before you start guessing, let me just say, the, the, I, I, I checked everything. I went, you know, I actually went down to Santa Monica, looked at all the dealers. They're all assholes, every single one of them. Like basically, oh, what? Because I say, how much do you want to spend? It's you know, $8,000, you know, just, <laughs> oh, no. Well, if you buy it on credit, we can put you in this wonderful 2007 model, which will only be $35,000. That could only be about $599 a month. I'm like, no, I'm looking to spend like eight to ten grand. I should be able to get something pretty good. So they, they, like, they laugh me off the lot. Uh, so I'm looking, well, they should. So I'm looking online. Craigslist sucks. For buying cars, it's just really hard, and you, who the hell knows? Do you know what the best place is if you're looking for a secondhand car and want to find secondhand car dealers? The absolute best place in the on the web. I mean, and I've looked at all of them. Do you know what that is? What Yahoo? Oh, and really? I, and I never use Yahoo for anything. Oh my God, these guys have it so well laid out, and you just—I mean, it's go look if you're looking for a secondhand car. Yahoo is the way to go. Wow, and well, that uh, caught me off guard yeah, right there. Me too. I know I'm going to have trouble guessing this car. Okay, so uh, what kind of car? Let me just tell you, it's a, a 1999. Um, mm. Now the reason I got it is a little bit older than I wanted, but it only had forty-three thousand miles on it, which for okay. a 1999 car is not bad. It was listed for eleven thousand nine hundred, um, and I talked them down to ten. Of course, before you walk out the door, it's twelve because of taxes and license and all of that. Uh, and I paid cash for it. But here's how I got them. Here's how I talked them down. For those of you going to buy a car with all cash, uh, don't say I'm here to buy a car with cash. No, 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 because they make extra money on the financing. So, like, are you looking to finance, sir? I'll say, well, you know, well, let's just talk about price first before we talk about financing. So you don't actually lie and say, I want to pay cash. You say, well, let's talk about the price first. 
And that, that really helps the dealer like, oh, okay, I've got a live one here and I can get this guy financed as an extra couple of points a month. And so that's how you talk it down. And then you pull out the, <laughs> here's my cash. So I got him down from 11.9 to 10, which I think is pretty good. What kind of car did I get? I get asked five questions. Oh, yes. yes, of course. Oh, it's new. You like this. You like <laughs> this. You, you like the House of Representatives. New rules. Okay. Uh, how about uh, is it foreign or domestic? Foreign. Foreign. Yep. Is it? Uh, hmm. I would have never bought one of these, but uh, I know it would make Nikki very happy, and it does kind of adhere to all the other. I remember, I have to be able to drive over bodies and rubble. It's a Volvo. Eh. You know, I mean, what, that's now your, that's your, is that your third no, question? No, 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 that was a question, it was a question, yeah. is it a Volvo? No, 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 so that's your third, you have two more questions. No, no, I only have one more, I had, no, I got three you more three questions. three more questions, okay. Um, is it uh, European or Japanese? Well, that depends on your definition of European. Is it, uh, is it, what I meant by that question was, is it manufactured or generally thought of as a European car or manufactured or generally thought of as a Japanese car? It, let's put it this way. It is not a Japanese car. Someone in the chat room already got it. Well, I should go to the chat room and see what it is. No. It's not a Japanese, it's not a Volvo. It's not, a, okay, it wouldn't be a Saab. It wouldn't be a, could be a Benz, but you want something to drive over rubble. <laughs> and, and dead bodies. Huh. I don't know. I give up. Range Rover. You got a Range Rover? Yeah. For nine, for 10 grand? Yeah. And, and, the, and the Kelly Blue Book had it for thirteen nine, and I got it for 10 the Range Rover is a good car. It's a this thing, it, but it only drove like four thousand miles a year. Yeah, it's forty three miles on the clock, and it's got like the the big ghetto uh, subwoofer. It's got the DVD with the with the screens and the headrests. It's got the you know the the nice white tan interior. It's a bitching car, and brand new brand new bitching. tires and brand new uh, air suspension. Uh, yeah. So that I can it's too you know, bad it's British. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's what I mean. It's not really you know, it depends on what you call European. So you know, it, it's if you look up close, of course, you know the paint is a little dull and the the rims are a little you know there's a little rust. Yeah, take it, have a detail. It'll be shined up by. But by this some car pros. is mine, right? It's mine, and yeah. it has value. You know, if if I, if I need to sell this car a year from now, I can still probably make ten grand for it, maybe a little less. You know, instead of if I had gone out and leased a car or finance it, you basically, hey, slave, shut up. You, sh you need to make payments. You get nothing. And now it's mine. And I can live in it. I can uh, turn it. And this thing is huge. I can turn it into a crackpot command center. Anyway. So it's the big four-wheel drive Range Rover? Yes, yes. It's the V8 Yeah, it sounds good. Now, of course, I was really elated by this until I heard about our donations being in the crapper. I'm like, oh, shit. No. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> All right, you sent some clips, John. Let's uh, let's get back to some news. Well, let's go. Okay, there's a couple interesting things going on. and I didn't make this the, the one clip I, I want to put on the end of the show where, where, where David Letterman had Blagojevich on reading the top 10 list. It was hilarious. And Blagojevich is showing up all over the place, bitching and moaning. Yeah. Uh, you know, they get the ex-governor uh, from Illinois. Who who, who, been, who got spanked. Who this, got railroaded, it looks know, like. And, and you shouldn't be laughing. This guy has some real information. 
Yeah, something's going on. But anyway, so he's showing up all over the place, and he shows up on Geraldo's show a lot, where Geraldo calls him Blago. Blago. <laughs> so, so they last night on the on the Geraldo show, they had um, they had uh, Huckabee, Jesse Ventura, and Blago, and they <laughs> were talking about stuff. And and, I, and and Ventura is is going off the deep end. He is certifiably. He was just basically scowling the whole time and grumbling, and he thinks, and of course, rightfully so. He got he, screwed on the View the other day too. He was on the yeah. View, and they they uh, railed him. Yeah, well, the thing is, he seems irked about something or other, and he knows that Fox is a is a scam. So, so I'm going to play. He and he anyway takes he takes his uh, revenge on the Tea Party, and I'm we, this clip is essentially Ventura re- talking about why the why didn't the Tea Party show up sooner? A, and then it gets it, it, the conversation goes over to Blagojevich, who makes a very interesting comment about the tapes that were made of his conversations, which is really the smoking gun, which is is. The- the big deal. Here we go. Yeah. Jesse, you were a third party candidate. Yep. Wasn't that a lot of the sensibility that got you elected? Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, they, these people are saying that they're there for the Constitution, right? Well, then where were they the last administration when we lost habeas corpus? They shredded the Fourth Amendment of illegal search and seizure. Why weren't they rising up at that point in time saying, stop, you know, destroying the Constitution? That's why. Tax? I'm sorry. Did you say something, John? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Cuts. Under George W. Bush, they got their taxes cut. Well, the only reason they got their taxes cut is because George W. Bush put it onto the deficit. How easy that is. Let's live by credit card rather than cash. Uh, Rod, do you ever think about politics Yay. anymore, or you just think about prosecution? I think about prostitution all the time, Geraldo. Well, it's an honor to be on the show with oh, two former thanks. governors. Can I say that who may very well be running for president right now? I'm kind of running for my life. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Governor Ventura talks about being a victim of being spied by the government, uh, having my taped uh, conversations, my telephone conversations secretly recorded by the government, and then me asking that all those tapes being heard, and then the government, the ones who taped it, preventing those tapes from being heard. I have a certain affinity for Governor Ventura. Okay. So he's demanded that these tapes that they made be be, be aired. But, yeah, well, why absolutely, not? because this is what's going to set him free. But that'll never happen, um, because you know there's all kinds of shady deal. This is you know Chicago politics, and uh, it's easy to make fun of. You know it doesn't. You know what? They can even air the tapes. They can snip that up and make it funny, and everyone will make a joke. And it's just it's uh, screw it. You know the, the guy is doing the only thing he can do, which is trying. Uh, Get guest appearances and uh, and and score his own reality TV show, but but you know what? This is the kind of guy uh, I should try and interview for the stream. Yeah, you should. We need uh, to get that interview uh, we, show started. If any, if any, yes, if anyone can get a hold of Blago, and I'm sure one of our producers out there can. I mean, they got a hold of Ron Paul for me three years ago. Yeah. Uh, so let's get a hold of Blago. Okay. Now, now the follow-up clip, which I want to run, is uh, then they, this was. A, I have to set this up. This was a. Uh, this is the new movement the liberals have come up with called the Coffee Party. Can I can I just interrupt you for one moment about uh, Jesse Ventura? So I think yeah. I think Jesse Ventura, uh, who has a a show on the True Network, um, which is called Conspiracy Theories. 
So the only reason they let this show on the air is because it's so, you know it's so over dramatized that it's you know no one will no one who is not awakened will believe it. Of course, all, all of the topics are you know are probably right on key and on message. They're all the cliche topics, but it's all over dramatized. And what I hear in Jesse Ventura is frustration. Some of the stuff we talked about on the show on the last episode on Thursday, where you know in your heart and in your soul that you know this is really going on. But you can't approach that with anger. You know, it just doesn't work. The more the more you get frustrated and angry and say, hey, man, this is really happening, the more people will ridicule you. This well, is- not only that, but it, it wears, it's, it creates wear and tear. Ventura, to be frank about it, looks like crap. He's got straggly hair. He looks like he's been grimacing way too long. He just doesn't look like a pleasant, he looks like a very unhappy, unpleasant, frustrated person, and that is a bad way to go about things. You know, he needs a priest or something. Apparently, the 1999 Range Rover had serious camshaft problems. Hmm. <laughs> hey, let's get back on topic. Thanks, chat room. Thanks. I feel really doofus now. All right. It's a, it's a, it's a British car. They always they all have camshafts. No, they problems. have electronic problems. Anyway, we're back. Okay, I'm it's sorry. A, it's a British car. They all have electronic problems. You know what? It has this nice hydraulic lift, so I can drive over dead bodies. That's all. Yeah, I that's care what about. you want. That's what. Okay. We want. So anyway, so in Berkeley and apparently all around California, there's new movement. They, they had actually a story about it on the local news called the, the Coffee Party. But this is the Obama thing. He, this is his own spokespeople set this up, right? It, well, I don't know who set it up, but yeah. they showed a clip of these of these sad sacks. These, you know, the classic liberal sad sack with the baggy pants and the you know the hair that's never been combed or washed apparently for months. Uh, you know, old lady, gray haired old lady, the Catwoman t- type of person, and a bunch of really dull looking men that just look depressing as hell. And you ha- and you so you have this report from our local news thing and then i have to describe there's a guy that comes on and she starts talking well i'll imagine to describe him before he starts talking but he talks about how mean-spirited the uh, the tea party people are but but the joke of it is this guy you have to imagine that i've never seen this before or since and maybe it's new maybe it's a trend i have no idea maybe liberals think it looks good imagine a hitler mustache <laughs> Okay. okay, you got okay. that? You got yeah, the Hitler yeah. mustache? I've got the Hitler mustache right in front of me. Shave off the bottom two-thirds of it. What is that? It's like a soul patch in the wrong place. A soul patch just underneath the nostrils. Only yeah. it's only it's Hitler sized. It's that <laughs> wide. So it's nose wide. It's the entire nose wide. Hitler mustache, little bitty line just underneath the nose, and you can't stop staring at it. It's actually if anybody wants to take this look on <laughs> You wanna re- like, you wanna reach out and go, Hey dude, you got a smudge under your nose. Let me just hey, say buddy, yeah, you, know, you look like off. a douche. <laughs> Ooh Douchebag. Gentlemen it is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I, I rise today actually in yeah, celebration of the. I'm sorry. Which clip was I? Sp- oh, yeah. I'm sorry. My mistake. Coffee party. Yeah, of course. I didn't. I, I, uh. Well, liberals are brewing up their own response to the conservatives' tea parties. Today was the national kickoff day for the. Uh, believe me. This is set up by the Obama administration. Its own, its own spoke, ex-spokesperson is running this thing. It's coffee party. And there were hundreds. What? 
It says totally doofus oriented. And to call it the coffee party. What's next? You know, the Kool-Aid party. Let's go. It was the national kickoff day for the coffee party. And there were hundreds around the country, including this one in San Francisco. Organizers say it's a reaction to angry tactics of the Tea Party. And it's just ratcheting up the rhetoric. And, and some of us turns this downright hateful. And the, the coffee party movement is just coming out and saying, you know, hey, everybody, calm down, off the ceiling. We, we've got to talk to one another. Coffee party activists say that while most of those involved are liberals, all viewpoints are welcome, but members must take a pledge to be civil to one another. Oh, we must take a pledge. Ooh, a pledge. You know, if you Google uh, coffee party, coffee party, uh, what would it be? Uh, Try coffee party movement. Movement. <laughs> Most, like it's a movement. But if you if you look at the, <laughs> I got a movement. <laughs> oh, yeah, from it's a, a big coffee party movement. I got a coffee uh, party movement right here. Uh, you'll see that if you look at the uh, the pictures of some of the people who've gotten together, I see, I see like Mexican flags. I see uh, a lot of uh, Hispanics. It's weird. It's dumb. It's totally dumb. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's... Uh... Anyway, but the Hitler mustache thing is the one that got me. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's who I want speaking for me. We need to get us one of those guys with those mustaches, John. That'd be just perfect. I might make a good character for one of these uh you know, like the tech hippie. The tech Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> so I've um you know uh, I guess we barely need to follow up on uh the warning towards Nippon. I.e., the uh, we're going to take your car company down, and of course this uh, this most recent San Diego uh, stuck accelerator has now pretty much been uh, after we told you so has pretty much been debunked by everybody as a scam. You yeah, know, this, well, that was a scam. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the guy's seven hundred thousand dollars in debt. Uh, he's, yeah, uh, he's, I think everybody we got yeah, a lot. Every, of everybody kind of knows that we nailed it from just deconstructing. Yeah. I mean, it's do totally, we get to play the? Let's play the jingle. We might as well. We told you so. So, uh, well, there's a couple other things I wanted to say about it quickly. Uh, so, one of our producers wrote in, and and this, and you know, Forbes wrote about this, and everyone has all kinds of things. But the most important one is right here, as I already kind of alluded to. Uh, Adam John, as a person and living in San Diego, driving the 8 east or west, it's impossible to drive 80 to 90 miles per hour for 25 minutes without seeing a cop. The 8 is known for being infested with highway patrol, radar signs everywhere, even airplanes above looking for speeders. So uh, that's, the, that's the best way to debunk it. But there is more going on. There's a, there, cause I, as you know, I believe that this was a huge... Uh, middle finger towards Japan saying, take our debt and love it, you bitches. And there's more going on with this. And this is where I want to get back to Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. So what catches my eye as I'm at Ralph's checking out, you know, now we got, now I drive to Ralph's to go do my shopping. In the uh, Rover. In the Rover. Time Magazine, Tom Hanks on the front. History Maker, How Tom Hanks is Redefining America's Past. You open the page, and, and so on the inside of the first page is a huge 
spread advertisement for the HBO series. And how, how interesting is that Time magazine for this series called The Pacific, which premieres tonight at 9 o'clock. So Tom Hanks is on the cover of Time magazine, and you flip the page, and there's a two-page spread advertising the uh, the series. Oh, separation of church and state oh, in the journalism community. Oh, my goodness. And then there's, you know, so I'm reading this, and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, but even more interesting is on whitehouse.gov this morning, as I'm looking at what the president has to say, because I always uh, listen to his message, there's this whole story about Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks at the White House. <laughs> listen, to, this is unbelievable. The entire staff of the Obama administration. For this, this is Spielberg. Event, and I'm here. Okay. I'm here. All right. So, We're here to show the president the first out of 10 hours of our HBO series, The Pacific, which I produced with uh, Tom Hanks, my partner, and Gary Getzman, his partner. POTUS and FLOTUS, you know what that means? The POTUS and the FLOTUS? I think they're going to be the president. So they don't like stand up and stick and being real funny and... Uh, and it's, everybody's there. Everybody's there to see this very important HBO series. I mean, come on. It's not like uh, Marky Mark uh, got the show Entourage to the president. I mean, what's going on with <laughs> this? The United States. Well, I'm in. Well, I don't know where I am. I'm in the White. I'm in the the White House. What part of the White House is? We are in the East Wing of uh, the White House. Generals uh, galore, veterans. Uh, I think there's like what uh, uh, forty seats in the screening room. Now listen Everyone very carefully. Everyone will be taken with some sort of honcho and big shot. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, I, he's got an erection up to his chin. Even I might have to stand in the back of the room. Hello. I want the very people to realize that there was a battle in the Pacific in World War II. So much emphasis has been put on Europe. These battles in the Pacific are not stories that are often told by Hollywood filmmakers. That's right, because we've got to remind everybody. That Japan is the enemy, and we kicked their ass before. Oh, good connection. That's what this is about. And, and that's that bullcrap, by the way. There's been more movies about Pearl Harbor and about and more specials which, about which the was a false, which was a false flag attack. And the rest of it. Pearl Harbor, of course, was a false flag attack. And of course, attack. the A bomb. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and oh, pff, this is another beautiful thing. Um, I think even Wired, no, yeah, Wired had that. That uh, there was a. The before we dropped the A bomb, there was and there's some political cartoons. There were the the theory was we can go drop some bombs into the volcanoes and make them erupt. <laughs> Hello, earthquake machines. So anyway, so I'm I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You know, why are they plugging this? Why are they showing this? Of course, they're totally trying to say, hey, Japan, remember, remember, remember what happened? Remember what we did then? They're trying to set it all up so you focus over on Japan. And then I read in the Wall Street Journal a little article. Did you know that Japan gave the United States a $130 million loan like 60 years ago? And this loan was meant for us to get out of the Okinawa Islands. And we never paid it back. And now they're saying, hey, you know, that loan now is worth about seven, that's almost a billion dollars, 700 million. You know, you guys do shitty accounting. I'm like, yeah, duh, <laughs> duh. Hey, welcome to America. So there's definitely, there's definitely a campaign going on when you have Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, who is the World War II guy extraordinaire, now focusing on showing what happened in the Pacific. 
and how, you know, oh, the Japanese, you know, and then Time Magazine is on board with an ad and Tom Hanks on the cover. Keep your eyes on this, my friend. This is a campaign. Yeah. This yeah, is totally. a campaign. Yep, yep. All the designed to set up the public for uh, just for, to be brainwashed about one thing or another. And then I, I think I would, ha- I would be amiss, remiss if I didn't mention that after this uh, Toyota, you know, Prius affair, the National Highway Traffic, Traffic Safety Administration has come up with a brilliant idea. I'm sure you, you've probably blogged about this. Um, hey, you know what we need? We need to put black boxes into oh, all black cars. Box is just getting on my nerves. So can we? We can record events that are taking place. Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, and and, and I hear, and I, you know, Los Angeles is a great media town, and I, you know, there's a lot of AM talk radio, and people are like, yeah, it's a really good idea. You know, to have them on airplanes. Why wouldn't we have them in our cars? They've got all the sensors. Yeah, it's a really good idea. I'm so happy I got a car that doesn't have any of that crap in it. No, the real reason, obviously, for these black boxes down the road is so somebody can pull you over and say, okay, let's check the black box and see if you've been doing anything bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at some point, they'll have the black box just basically following you around, tell you where, where you went, and, how fast you went. And even worse, to shut your car down. This is what yeah, that whole OnStar thing is about. Yeah, well, OnStar does shut it right now. Shut him down. Shut him down. Yeah. Oh, this, this, but, you know, well, here's how we're trained. Oh, this is a really good idea. Yeah, if my car gets stolen, then they can always stop him. They can always stop the thief. Yeah, ever considered this is about stopping you? Yeah, and think about this. How many times, for uh, everybody listening in, how many cars have you had stolen from you? Yeah, let me think. Uh, none. How about you? And you've been around for a while. I've been around for a long time. I've never had a car stolen. Exactly. By the way, I think there is some, you know, there still is an issue because Wozniak had it. uh, And the the mystery now, I'm just throwing this out as a a scientific thing. The mystery now about these cars accelerating out of control. Some people think it's EMF. And because of the fact that our uh, the infrastructure of this country's got so much weird EMF, we've got power lines that run right through the city. We have all these different kinds of EMF because they said this has never happened in Europe. Well, if you go around Europe, you don't see the same kind of interest infrastructure, the wires and the power lines and all the rest of it. And I have a spot over here by the freeway where you where if you stop at the signal to go take a left, you can't get any radio reception in this one spot, and that you get a loud buzzing. Huh like that and it's like uh, what the hell is what am i what what emf is going on in this little location and uh so you know emf will wreak havoc with the uh electronics hello yeah and uh you know when they flip on harp <laughs> bing which by the way there's a link in the show notes that shows you some very inter- interesting graphs of uh the, you know you, the harp is uh, it's on like 2.2 megahertz to and or two was it 2.33 and 6.9 megahertz megahertz uh, or gigahertz megahertz megahertz yeah All right that's the band that operates in and uh on the 10th of march there was a significant blip so who knows what's going to be uh, taking place um before we, I think you have a couple other clips here. Before we move on, um, another thing that that I've been picking up on, uh, which we really haven't discussed, is the schools who are firing all their teachers. Yeah, and uh, so I'm looking into this, and the, and actually the president's 
uh, radio YouTube address is about uh, schools. Yeah, and about I, uh, education. Lisa, I listen. I listened to that YouTube uh, the address yesterday. In fact, I recorded it trying to get a clip off of it, but it was so dull I couldn't get anything. Maybe you found something. No. But, but the thing that's interesting, this is about time because, you know, Obama's themes for his election were three things. He said them over and over, and he still says them over and over and over again. Energy, uh, health care, and, and education. And he just now getting to the education, which, of course, if he had done this initially, uh, it would have uh, – he, he would have shown some success now. He just in a quagmire, as it were. Right, but, but but here's the scary thing, um, and it really it it really hit home when I got an email. And we have a lot of interesting people listening to this show. I have never spoken to more professors. Uh, in fact, I don't think I've ever spoken to a professor before I did this show, <laughs> except my grandfather, who was a professor. Um, and uh, and educators who are, thank God there's some educators who are awake and listening, and we got one from the roadside info bomb. Uh, Adam, let me start by saying thank you very much for the public service. Blah blah. blah. Uh, I teach earth science and environmental science in the New York City public school system, and here and he says I I I'm, I really am uh, I really have a problem. What's going on? So if you if you listen to the president's speech, and I do not have a clip. So his YouTube address, he says, we want to incentivize uh, school systems. So if you're and we'll bring it down to the states, whatever that means. But basically, the way it works is if your school is doing well, then you get more money. So so there's the pressure is to have your students perform. Now, this is a teacher in New York City, and he says, I'm just going to read from his uh, email. He says, here's the situation as he understands it. So this is an educator in the New York City public school system. NYC public schools are being closed because many of them suck. These schools are then handed over. That means the building and the Manhattan real estate literally is given away to the charter schools. Yeah. Now, now the charter schools are actually for-profit institutions that are paid for by us, the taxpayers, for the infrastructure and the funding of the operations. Yeah. yeah However, charter yeah. schools do not take students who are English language learners uh, or messed up, or if they're not smart, or if they have you know behavioral problems or whatever. So this is actually, a, and, and and by the way, when uh, the Katrina disaster, which of course was not. Hurricane Katrina, but it was the shitty work done on the levees by the uh, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers. Now, here comes the black helicopter. I'm going to expect the stream to go off any minute. Um, what happened in New Orleans is all of these schools were handed over to these for-profit outfits, and they all became charter schools. This is happening all over the country. They are literally taking education and privatizing it. And you want to talk about child left behind? This is where, you know, kids who, like me, you know, I'm a kid who didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to learn. You know, did, but did they kick me out of school? No. They dealt with me, and I hobbled through. And there were a couple of teachers who actually tried. And I turned out okay, I guess. But this is really frightening, this whole charter school idea. What do you know about it, John? 
You know, I've been trying to catch up to it. I do know that there's a lot of fraud associated with it. There's a bunch of scandals here and there about, you know, because there's so much money flying around. Uh, the charter school thing, when I first started hearing about it, which was almost 10 years ago, uh, I thought was just some sort of alternative. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was like, you know, yeah, I, it, the whole word charter school doesn't sound, it sounds kind of good. You know, it's like this is a, a great play on words, but it's basically commercial outfit. So I guess we have to look into it because we're not up to speed. Well, I appreciate um, these types of messages coming from our listener producers because it really helps uh, us understand and dissect what is going on. But again, a campaign. You know, you see Rhode Island, you see all of the, the whole school, all teachers fired. New York City. Schools, teachers, get out. Get the hell out. You're we fired. We have to make it. We have to decide or figure out which teachers unions are involved with which of these schools because generally speaking, the Obama administration, most Democratic administrations are highly uh, – uh, kind of co-opted by the teachers' unions, and so I'm always of the I'm getting I'm getting suspicious about something you know like is this how is this you know how is this benefiting this teachers' union? I, uh, I don't think it's that, John. I I, I think it's no. brainwashing. It's like look, we you know we got to bring in a different curriculum. We've got to make these kids stupid. We've got to make them believe in global warming. We can't have anyone smart like a teacher who listens to No Agenda. Oh no, that would be bad. So we've got to get rid of them. And we just, you know, but yeah, fire generally them all. speaking, though, most of the schools that teachers tend to be uh, extremely liberal and, and crazy. Um, I don't know. We, have, we, will, we will make this a high priority to, to crack through and see what we can come up with. But I agree with you. As soon as, the, as soon as Obama came out and this constant harping on charter schools, oh, they got to fire the principals, they got to fire this, and they got to fire the teachers, and they got to get these kids. And the kids all complain about the fact that most of the uh, curriculum now in most schools, in California in particular, is mostly about taking the test. It's just essentially pre oh, yeah. test prep. They don't learn anything. They don't have discussions about anything. They don't ever talk about the kind of things we talk about. It's just test prep because they got to pass those tests to get the money. That's it. It's an incentive incentive based program that is wrong. So uh, okay. So back to the clips. I have a clip. Uh, I, I think he's trying to. I, I'm not going to say who this is. You have to guess who it is. Okay. Have to, oh, good. I like these. This games. is a timing one. You got to do it as fast as you can. You can't uh, dilly dally. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. This I, is like school. <laughs> I have to. I want to see how fast it's. But it's very recognizable voice. Is which, somewhat, which clip is it? Which clip is it? It's the guess who. Oh, <laughs> duh. Okay. So hit it and see how the timer started now. Go. Gentlemen, it is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I, I rise today actually in celebration of the uh, recognition of 100th anniversary of a uh, great uh, value-laden, principle-driven youth organization, the Boy Scouts of America. Uh, well, first of all, this is sad, but I still don't know who it is. Let me listen. Okay, never mind. If Let me listen. It was uh, 100 years ago this month that, uh, or... Um, that uh, led to the uh, the for formal organization of the Boy Scouts of America, and that came from an event actually that that happened uh, across the sea in uh, in London. Uh, a businessman from Chicago, William D. Boyce, who was traveling there, and and who is it? Well, I, I was I hoping. Up. I give up. I was hoping you were going to guess Al Franken. 
You know, that's the first name that came to my came to mind, but then I kept listening. It doesn't sound like Al Franken. I have to say it was the first one that came to mind. First one. Let me let yeah. me listen to the rest. Nora, no, there's nobody to listen to. That, oh, that's it's, it. It, it's not Al Franken. It's an Al Franken sound alike. Oh, who is it then? Glenn Thompson from Pennsylvania. <sighs> oh, is, oh, now I see you even put MN just to try and throw me off, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did every. That was I, that, that was a, that was a dirty yeah, trick. You know, yeah, you, you're you're Damn. a horrible man. I was going to say, if Al Franken is on the Boy Scouts of America trip, then he's off the list. You know, the funny thing is, is that I was, I was, this was C-SPAN, so I'm in the kitchen, I'm hearing this <laughs> Boy Scouts thing, and I'm hearing Al Franken. I said, what the, what's Al Franken doing on the Boy Scout game? And so I went in there, and there's this guy who actually sounds kind of like he's kind of plastered, to be honest about it. So this is uh, what people need to take note of. This is how pathetic our lives have become. <laughs> we are actually, we're, you know, we're 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 watching C-SPAN. You know, not even just watch. It's like it's on. It's like wallpaper. <laughs> and there was uh, there was some good European Union stuff on C-SPAN uh, Friday and Saturday as well. Barroso, they have question time. I I gotta get into the habit of watching the European Parliament question time. Yeah, you do. Oh that's my your, god, your that's your that's your uh, uh, beat. Well, I uh, I do have one clip. Uh, of course, you'll recall that we had the uh, the the UK Independent Party. I just celebrate these guys because they, they, at least they're saying it the way it is. So you remember the uh, two guys now have been shut down, Nigel Farage and I forget the other gentleman's name, whose microphone got cut off. Yeah, I love that. So now Gerard Batten is in the game, and he has something to say as well. But he gets his whole message out, luckily, and it's uh, it's pretty clear what he's trying to say as he hits them in the mouth. Here we go. Gerard Batten, Minister of European Parliament. Uh, the Arctic debate has certainly generated some heat this afternoon. Uh, what kind of parliament is it that tries to prevent its speakers speaking when it disapproves of what they say? But we should not be surprised that our new High Representative for Foreign Policy was once described by MI5 as a communist sympathiser, and when she was Treasurer of CND, it took money from the Soviet bloc to undermine her own country's defence policy. This place looks more and more like the Soviet Union every day. <laughs> of course, he's referring to Lady Ashton. Oh. Yeah. Who is, uh, I'm telling you, man, that... that the Europeans should be so outraged by what is happening and by what is taking place. And, you know, I, I recall interviewing Dutch politicians and specifically asking them about the law structure, the legal structure. And they always said, no, 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 the European laws are just guidelines. We, you know, our own laws always supersede. And all I hear the whole time coming out of Brussels is, well, you know, of course, the Brussels law supersedes all national laws. Like, what? You're being hijacked, Europe, United States of Europe. They're not being hijacked. They are. It's it's over. You've been yeah, hijacked. They've been hijacked. And that it's whole place over. scares me. You see, and everyone's talking. It's like talking in tongues. It's the Tower of Babel. And then you've got all these translators. Who the, I don't know what these translators are translating accurately. I don't know what the hell. Oh, it's very difficult, and I, I've never <sighs> seen it happen. Uh, I mean, the nuance is so subtle. You know, it's very difficult to translate these things. And and then and and God bless them. A lot of these, uh, and it's always about human rights. That every single question is about. You know, does this conform with human rights? You got no human rights. Go read the Lisbon Treaty and read the protocols. Your human rights are over and done with. You can be shot legally. 
You can be detained if you're an alcoholic. It's bad. Anyway, so uh, we've been doing a lot of work. I spent four hours last night prepping and then got up this morning at Uh, 7. from a guilty conscience. (laughs) Well, yeah, because that's the only thing I could do. The donations were low. I think the donations were as low as about a year ago. And and, am I correct? Because you were really bitching about it. Well, it's just that the uh, luckily we have enough subscribers that it k- kind of keeps the baseline at least, so it's you're not we're not dying on the on the vine. Well, uh, let's go over some of the do- donations that we uh, got. We do have we we have to we're deciding on what we're going to do about two nickels on a dime. Um, and what I th- thought we're going to do is we're going to limit it, which means it'll wrap up in two weeks uh, to fifty. To, uh, 50 Minute men, which are people that have to help the knights if they need help, uh, fifty minute men, and they had, and that will be the Green Patch Brigade. <laughs> and if okay. we want to continue it, because in other words, if it, if it shows us some life, we'll we'll, we'll do a, a Blue Patch Brigade next, or and then a Red Patch. We'll just have different colored patches. Okay. But the Green Patch is the one that Paul T's already pretty much finalized and it's pretty attractive it looks like it would go great on a pair of fatigues <laughs> or a general's uniform nice so i have one note from one of our double nickels on the dime uh supporters can i do that or is that yeah, not go, the plan? go for yeah. it uh, so this is from uh oh crap aha I got it. I got it. I got it. The double nickel on the dime is for Stuart Gold as he and Christina trek across Japan, spreading the no agenda gospel. Travel safe, Minuteman Stu, from your dad, Robert Gold. Okay. Yeah, I got Robert. Uh, but, Gold. But, but, then, but then Robert says, please send, please send the patch to me because Stu's on the road. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Right. Okay, so we got doubles nickels on the dime mark, uh, mark of Bodford, uh, mobile at Mobile, Alabama. Uh, and we have a say, another double nickels on the dime from Analog. It's a donation on behalf of Analog, a rock band from Omaha. Please mention AnalogRock.com. We have a new album out, Plan B, which is available for free download on our site. That's nice. AnalogRock.com. So, you know, we'll take a listen. Maybe we'll put it on as a... Daily source code. That might be a daily source code. Daily track. source code might be good. Yeah. Uh, which is start, starting up this week. Yeah, yeah. Scalt Waldher, Minneapolis, Minnesota, fifty-five ten. Shane Brady, Plattsburgh, Missouri, fifty-five ten. He's working on his second knighthood, and he wants a shout out to his podcast, The Libertarian. What? <laughs> the Libertarian? Oh, the Liber- It says the Libertarian Dime. Huh. Okay. Dot com. Oh, the Libertarian nice. Dime. Now, uh, Josh Feldman, I mentioned he uh, is in honor of his 28th birthday. We already did that. Uh, 5150 for the pod, uh, podcast, <clears throat> podcast Peace. Podcast for Peace. <laughs> Podcastforpeace.com. Did you say mobile or mobile? Mobile. Oh, no. It's mobile. It's mobile. Yes, it's mobile. He's, I, I'm reading his note right here. Specifically says... Yeah, actually, he gives you like, dude, you would so flunk. He even says it's pronounced mobile like automobile, not like mobile home. 
<laughs> so flunk, flunk what? <laughs> Alabama pronunciation? Yeah, what? Yeah, but even, even I know it's mobile. You're, you're not pronouncing the words right. Additionally, no, wait, 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 wait. Additionally, yeah. I have donated several times, and John has mispronounced either my first name, last name, or city multiple <laughs> times. John is such a douchebag. Mark, Mark Bodiford. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And his address officially is in Spanish Fort, Alabama, so I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> hey, you guys. Now, this is a uh, this is a $50 uh, guy who hit the button twice. So he gave us oh, 100 right. And then he sent a note, and he says, you know, I hit the button twice, but you can keep it. Good man. But here's the reason. And this is uh, Armin Breuer, B-R-E-U-E-R, from Vienna, Austria. Breuer. Hey, His name would be Breuer. 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 Hey, you guys. Last time I donated, I got struck by good karma big time. I got what I believe to be one of the best jobs in the country I'm in terms of you. salary and benefits. Let me let me just say that this happens consistently. We get a lot of emails from people saying, I, you know, I'm a douchebag. I didn't donate, but I can't because I don't have a job. Got, and I always reply the same thing. Hey, man, just tell someone to listen. Don't worry about it. You, there's no obligation. But I will say that the amount of people who have donated when they had no job and got a job right after that is astronomical. I mean, we, of course, we don't hear about the people who don't have a job donated and didn't get a job. But, I mean, I think I've at least 20 since we've been oh, tracking that's, it. It's a ridiculous number. Yeah. And, by the way, here's an interesting thing. He doesn't know this was good fortune, but I'm going to read this to you. He says, now I wanted to fly to Texas for South by Southwest <sighs> to meet some friends last Friday. However, a person with either the airline or Homeland Security, I'm not quite sure. The question, question she asked sounded like uh, Homeland Security, and her uniform was different than the ones by the airlines, oh, really? United Airlines staffer. And unlike the staffer, she was American. She denied me access to the states because of my passport, because it wasn't a biometrical one, and it wasn't RFID chipped. Huh. So, she, so, so denied access into your Yes. What? So he had to rebook the flight for next Wednesday, drive back to Vienna from Munich, which is 500 kilometers. I don't know why he couldn't take a puddle jumper, and which would have been better than going to South by Southwest, but that's another story. And trying to get either an express visa or an express passport. Austria actually is starting to do overnight passports, blah, 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 and it goes on and on with the story. It's going to cost him 70 euros, which is about $500, I think, in American money. <laughs> Um, What's that in English? <laughs> What's that in English? Uh, there. Uh, anyway, he goes on and on complaining about this. So, uh, well, huh. it, it, but they. Uh, I do recall they made a point of this because even Christina had to get a new passport. They they did say, you know, this is the new rule. You have to have your RFID chip passport. Now, what I recommend is uh, getting the RFID chip passport and then putting popping it in the microwave for five seconds. So then you still have the RFID, but it just doesn't work anymore because it will pop. It'll pop. Yeah, the problem seconds. is they'll put a burn hole on the passport, and they're going to see that, and they're going to get that you won't be able to do shit. So don't listen to him. Um, Okie dokie. Don't listen uh, to me. Don't listen to him. If you want to, I mean, what, I mean, the RFID chip, if you're going to, first of all, what you should do, in fact, I'll tell you what, we're going to do a no agenda wallet. That has oh, stop! Stop with the promises! Stop it! I don't want to hear it. You're not, I forbid you from saying this. 
Okay, we're not we go. going to do any fucking wallet. We're top, not. We're not going to do it. We're doing rings, Todd and that's Webster. it. The stop with the promises. We're going to okay, do. We're okay, going to do. We're not going to do Big a mouth chemosabe. Some, some lead foil and wrap it around your your. Uh, exactly, your schwang. Todd Webster, Fort Worth, Texas, fifty dollars, fifty-five dollars and ten cents. Uh, just says basically, uh, minute min in the morning, uh, two minutes with a stiff drink and a little blue pill. <laughs> I, sure this this I do not advocate. <laughs> I do Robert not. Gold, Toronto, uh, fifty-five ten. The double nickel on the diamonds for Stuart Gold, uh, and then you already mentioned that. And uh, Michael, okay, here's one for you. M A L A Malatico, M A L A T I C O from Milton, Ontario. But his name is pronounced. That's what and I spell it for you now. How you think it's pronounced? Myatico. Oh, oh no! Wait, Myatico. Oh, okay. M A Y at E C O. Whatever. He loves the show. Good. Um, Good. Another fifty-five on the ten. Another uh, two nickels on the dime from Patrick Schaumer, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, and uh, he wants his patch now. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Martin, Mount Juliet, Tennessee, fifty-five ten. Uh, Chris Clark, one hundred thirty-nine dollars and thirty-eight cents, uh, which is sixty-nine sixty-nine twice. Mm. So that is two sixty nines for you and Adam. Not to mention the fact that, in addition to being an awesome sex position, huh, I didn't know that. Really, sixty nine <laughs> is also divisible by three. That's right. It's a magic number. Absolutely, three is the magic number. How many times do we have to tell it to you? Three. That's a magic number. Three. It's the magic number. Yep, it's the magic number. Uh, PD Love. PD Love. P-D. Yeah, he's from uh, Texas. No, he's from, well, according to this, he's from Mechanicsville, Virginia. Oh, I thought he was from Texas. Hey, the. Uh, the Tex- daddycast.com he wants to put. Oh, the that's dad- right. PD Daddycast, right. No, he's not from Texas. I'm, I'm confused. Yes, the Daddycast. Hey, I heard the 1028s on time. Yeah. Anders Omai or Omel, O-M-E-L. I can't tell this font is funky. I guess it's O-M-E-L. From Grev, Denmark. Grev. 50 bucks. Uh, Tom Schaefer from Oswego, New York. And uh, 5510, he, uh, if you mention my name on the air, could you call me Tom instead of Thomas? The only person who calls me Thomas has got some bitch about this. Thomas is my sixth grade math teacher. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. thanks. And don't you he hate says, that? I just but, got a raise and decided to donate since I've been a freeloading douchebag for too long. Yay. Thank you so much. Droid, and I'm pledging to donate a portion of my money savings from not having the data plan on the sh- to the show. Good idea. Is that it? No. Chris Engler, Milton, uh, Ontario, 5510. Please mention the site circleofdemocracy.net. Hmm. He sent a copy of this book last year, and he would be interested in hearing your thoughts uh, on it. I don't remember getting it, unfortunately, so I need another copy. Uh, let's see. Vivian Hingsburg, uh, Burlington, Ontario, 5510. Can't, uh, so a lot of double nickels on the dime. So we're, we're almost closing this out, John. This is like done. Uh 
El, yeah, we'll get, well, probably we'll see. We're going to time it. Uh, Sterling, but here's the not a double nickels on the dime. <clears throat> Our old buddy Sterling Ellsworth, $77.77 from Santa Barbara, California. Yay. Sterling. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa Lang in Fitzroy, North Victoria, Australia, $50. Stephen Horner, 5510. Wait a uh, minute, was that a Sheila? Did we have a Sheila on the show? Lisa. Lisa. We got to go to Australia. We still have this debate about the Sheila thing. No, they hate it. Except when I was in Australia, that's all I heard. But maybe that's like I was in the outback, kind of the commoner's way. Stephen Horner, 5510, loves the show, and he's getting, he's he's worried about catching no agenda Tourette's. Oh, that was a very funny email. And you know, it's true. Uh, And well, first of all, I actually have Tourette's. But uh, you do catch yourself going in the morning or John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. You, know, you just can't help it. It just sticks in your head. No, actually, I've noticed that when I am listening to anybody and they use the phrase in, in the, the morning. morning or, yeah, yeah, yesterday in the morning, I got <laughs> yeah. first thing I think of is the show. I know. I know. It's really bad. And I hear, I'm hearing this everywhere. You know, like I have no agenda. I hear that a lot. It's like without knowing it, we were genius. <laughs> totally <laughs> without knowing it because it really does remind you of the show it really works it's great john smith alpharetta georgia hundred dollars uh thomas uh cantrell jr aurora missouri fifty five fifty five and uh finally uh well that's it that is finally he says keep up the good work thank god i'm not a douchebag anymore yeah we don't like them douchebags well good man um we sincerely appreciate everyone's support, and that's really what it is. It is support, and uh, for a lot of you who have donated in hopes of daily source code coming back, that will be paid off this week. Uh, I've been working on it, th- and I thank everyone who's been sending in ideas, etc. I'm, uh, I, I, you know, obviously daily source code has morphed over the years, so it's going to be something a little different yet again. Uh, but that's really more a no agenda stream uh, su- uh, support initiative. Uh, we need all the support we can get for this program. As you can tell, we're putting in the work. Value for value is all we ask for. Uh, we have a number of programs. Think about your lucky numbers, $333.33. Uh, if you donate that three times, we kick in the extra penny. You get uh, a knighthood, and from that knighthood, uh, you will receive a ring. That is really the one of the initiatives we're, we're working on. And we're on. working on that as we speak. And uh, we, since we have a couple of knights who have, uh, who have gone uh, double knight or triple knight, uh, we're actually working on a new milestone, which would be Viscount. Or Viscount, as the case may be. I, I like Viscount. Because it sounds What's like that? discount. Yeah, it does sound like discount. <laughs> By the way, we got, I have to mention a $10 donation from somebody in France. So we did get somebody from oh, France. Nice. But you know who it is? Uh, no. Anne. First name is Anne. Last name is Onimus. <laughs> oh, cool. Of course. And non anonymous. Finally get something from France and the bastard <laughs> wants to be anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. So if you would like to help us out and you don't want to be a douchebag, or if you want to call out a douchebag by donating on their behalf, noagendashow.com. You'll find the links there on the right-hand side or go to Dvorak.org slash NA. Or for those of you in uh, countries where that is filtered out by your Gitmo Nation uh, Starfleet Command, 
Go to channeldvorak.com slash NA. And please, if, no matter what amount you're donating, and of course the lucky threes seem to be really giving a lot of good fortune to people, please consider signing up for one of our uh, ongoing monthly programs. That's the base that really keeps us going when uh, we have a little lower uh, a lower uh, support level. Uh, we always we can always fall back on that, and we're using it to pay for bills. I got you, know, you know for some reason. Uh, the, it nothing but bills all the time. I got like a thousand dollars of of bills related to the show this week. Uh, you know, I got GoDaddy renewals, which are automatic. But, you know, those guys are oh, man, they, know, they know how to rip you off. Like automatic renewals for five years. Oops, oh that was three hundred bucks. And then uh, the stream, I had to up the stream. Because we go over our thousand listener limit, uh, so I had so now that's like uh, like two hundred bucks a month. Then we have the Squarespace sites, which I know you like to not pay for that stuff, but you know I don't want to beg, so I just paid for it. So uh, um, so it's going towards bills, and then there's a whole bunch of nothing, and then it's hookers and blow. And by the way, I noticed there's a couple of kids, and even I think one of the other listeners don't get the reference to blow. They think it has to do with oral sex. Yeah, what were you thinking about? No, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) speaking of blow, blow. By the way, for anybody doesn't recognize the term, it's it's street argot for cocaine. Right. Yeah. But speaking of blow, yeah, speaking uh, of blow, here it is. Uh, ministers of Parliament in the Gitmo Nation East United Kingdom, MPs on the Home Affairs Select Committee said doing cocaine is actually increasing global warming. Oh, brother. Mm-hmm. Because it's devastating Colombian rainforests because trees are knocked down to grow cocoa plants. I mean, you know, that's one thing to falsify the numbers. This is really going too far. <laughs> now you're really, now you're really, t- you're taking it uh, off to another level. But it's all right. Even if you're not doing cocaine, please know. According Stop to the, breathing. According to the BBC, songbirds in the U.S. are getting smaller, and climate change is the cause. That's right. <laughs> a study of almost half a million birds belonging to over 100 species shows many are gradually becoming lighter and growing shorter wings due to global warming. <sighs> Don't you get le- less lift in a hot environment? You'd have to have bigger wings? Correct. So it makes no sense. So it makes no sense at all. It should be no. just the opposite. It may, what, is, what it indicates to me is global cooling. Yes. I'm going back to the new Ice Age theories. I'm working on uh, a very long list of uh, of things. I'm not even going to talk about it now, but it's something that we're going to uh, send out in our show notes email. Are we doing that this week? Are we doing it today? No, no, no. We're going to be. It's going to be a while. Okay, I have to because get to- well, in the show notes for this week, by the way, uh, we have an 80 year old listener, Jim, and he sent me a collection of links, which is just outstanding. And I put it in as. Uh, what I call it here, I called it uh, mm, something, the bank, uh, Brotherhood of Banks. And in it, he's got one, two, three, like 15 links uh, about the uh, the financial scandal, about the high frequency, the flash trading systems. Uh, it's, just, it's a great collection of links. 
Uh, you'll find it under Brotherhood of Banks in the noagendashow.com uh, show notes. Really outstanding stuff. And I appreciate that uh, Jim took the time to put that together. Uh, but, of course, this totally blows our uh, our SEO. Our, our, our RSS feed, by the way, is overloading uh, different types of aggregators because of the length of the show notes, something no one ever thought about when we came up with this stuff that, you know, people would put like a lot of crap in the RSS feeds. So that's why we have to really start. Uh, and this will be a free service, by the way. Yeah. So that's uh, that is something that we're working on. Now, have you ever heard, John, of the alpha magnetic spectrometer? Uh, no. Well, you should because you're paying for it. It only costs two billion dollars. And um, it is scheduled to fly aboard Space Shuttle Endeavour in July to be installed aboard the International Space Station. Uh, this is uh, a, a, an experiment with magnets, which always catches my attention. Magnets which are designed to work within a few degrees of absolute zero... The magnets will blend interstellar particles as they flow through the middle of the tube-shaped device, which, of course, is some kind of Gitmo Nation device. Uh, the experiment will test the Big Bang Theory. So now they've got this thing underground, the Large Hadron Collider, which, is, can, which breaks the minute a bird poops in it. <laughs> And now they're putting a $2 billion device up there in the space station. I don't like it. Now, what is, that? What is the cost on this thing? $2 billion. This doesn't sound right. What's the name of this thing? Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer. Uh, Alpha Magnetic. So, and here's the report. Possible problems with a $2 billion physics experiment could delay the space shuttle's final flight and further complicate White House plans to retire the orbiter fleet this year. So, in other words... Oh, they have a nice patch. They have the, the, the AMS-02, which is the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer going into space, has a patch. Oh, my goodness. Let me find it. It's a beauty, by the way. Let me just look at the patch. Go to... Uh, the, go just look. You'll see it. Wikipedia's got a picture of it. Now it's the top link, right? I have a couple of patches from NASA. Ooh, that is a nice patch. But you know what? This th- it, I, I, I'm so against this. Why are we spending $2 billion on a friggin' magnets in space? You know they're up <laughs> to no good. Magnets in space. You, <laughs> <laughs> magnets in, you know they're up to no good. You know that this is some <laughs> kind of... they're up to no good. No, of course they're up to no good. I don't trust that thing in the ground in Switzerland. I don't like it. I don't approve of it. I don't... You know, please... Does this website actually? Do they have websites? We'll that send shows them a memo, them Adam, and they'll immediately put a stop to yeah, their evil scheme. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of this shit. I'm really, really sick of it. This has got to stop. It's got to stop this magnet stuff. This is not good. Okay, we get your point. All right, let's go into some. Uh, Apparently, some, wait, some, wait. Here's the here's the classic government crap. Let me read you this. Of course, this is absolutely the truth since it's in the Wikipedia. In 1999, after the successful flight of the AMS-01, which is the what we're talking about, uh, 
Hold on one second. Okay. The AMS 01, the total cost of the AMS program was estimated to be $33 million, with the AMS 02 planned for flight in the ISS in 2003. After the space shuttle Columbia disaster in 2003 and after a number of technical difficulties with the construction of the AMS 02, the cost of the program ballooned to an estimated $1.5 billion. I mean, how do you go from $33 million to $1.5 now $2 billion? Huh? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Two billion dollars. We have we have people homeless on the street. Homeless. We got people getting kicked out of their homes. Homeless. Eh, but we can spend uh, two billion dollars on magnets. All right. Yeah, which is you know that they're up to no good with that crap. All right. Back to uh, media assassination. So we talked a lot about Reuters. I just wanted to. I did a little bit of research on Reuters. Okay. Um. So two things that I think are very interesting. One is the Reuters leadership. So uh, Reuters, of course, is the CIA-influenced uh, news agency. I'll just say it because John has worked with them. He thinks, yeah, of course, some of those guys are okay, but it's a news service. They're is, great guys. This is how they how everything is disseminated. This is how the information gets uh, passed around. So the chief executive officer's name guy, uh, a guy named Thomas Gloser. And he is the, because by the way, Reuters has a lot more than just Newswire. They do financial information, do all kinds of different things. They also do, by the way, government news service. They, they work for the government. So, you know, uh, how hard is it to, to see how, how those lines are tied? So let's look into this guy's background. He is a director of Merck and Co. So if you ever read anything about Merck, the pharmaceutical industry, coming from a Reuters news feed, you might want to question that. He is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, CFR, which are really, it's really the drinking club where they plot and plan the New World Order. He is also um, a member of the International Business Council of the World Economic Forum, the drinking club there in uh, in Geneva. No, not Geneva. Uh, no, it's in, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Switzerland. Davos. Dav- Davos. 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 So the guy is an elite. Then we've got... Uh, I would think. Yeah. But he runs Reuters. It gets better. So then we have uh, Jeffrey Beatty. He is the deputy chairman. Um, he's the chairman. Uh, wait a minute. Why did I save this? Oh yeah, here he is. Because this is the thing. You got to see the other board memberships. So these guys are on the board of directors of multiple companies. He's on the board of directors of Royal Bank of Canada and oh, the General Electric Company. So you know, do you think there could be any conflict from time to time when it comes to stuff about uh, I don't know, um, General Electric? <laughs> Jet engines that don't work. But now, listen to this. Reuters outsourced a lot of their technology to India. Uh, a lot of their uh, back-end, their infrastructure. And this is an article from April fifteenth, two 2005. Um, at around the time that the BBC was also outsourcing for a $3.5 billion contract all of their uh, technology to India. But in 2004... Reuters outsourced a lot of their journalists 
to journalists based in Bangalore, India. Oh, yeah, you can get uh, penny of word writers there. Who use the Internet and email to cover financial data released by some 3,000 medium-sized firms in New York. Yeah. So the news is actually outsourced to some call center. This is crazy. This is not reporting. <laughs> this is it's just they've outsourced the news. It's a business. In 2001, the company opened a, a new center in Bangkok to consolidate development of its applications for corporate clients. But I, I, it just blew me away that they that they actually outsourced the news. It's like eh, it's just news. Eh, send that over to India. Those guys will take care of it for us. Yeah, cheaper. And then uh, Reuters is pushing very heavily on the new, uh, the, you know, they've rebranded cap and trade, John. You know, we can't talk about cap and trade because uh, the minute you talk about that, you know, everyone's like, oh, we don't want to vote for cap and trade. Oh, this is no good. Oh, no. they change it to crap and tax. No, pollution reduction targets. This is the new one. Pollution reduction targets. What is, what's that got to do with cap and trade? So the the cap and trade bill well no first of all it's not called the cap and trade bill uh but cap and trade is what it's known as will now be known as pollution reduction targets so watch for that watch for them calling it pollution reduction targets that is actually cap and trade here's the news from actually this is a reuters story which is kind of interesting senator joe lieberman an independent trying to draft a bipartisan bill said, quote, uh, we don't use the term cap and trade anymore. Instead, Lieberman said laughingly, we will have pollution reduction targets. I, I can just hear him going like, <laughs> pollution reduction targets, pollution reduction targets. <laughs> just hear him doing it. You know, that's pathetic. They'll get away with it, too. Of course, they'll get away with it. But the thing well, that really... As long blo- as it's not cap and trade, I'm all for it. Yeah. No, it's pollution reduction targets. So have you heard this... Um, heard about this thing called the... Uh, mm, the, slaughter, yeah. the slaughter solution? By the way, they could also name it pollution reduction goals to save kids. That's what they should name it. <laughs> Wait, no, I haven't heard... I haven't heard... Uh, okay, so the slaughter solution... This is something you're going to be hearing about over the next week. So for reasons that are very clear, uh, which is to uh, uh, benefit the insurance companies who are actually writing this uh, health care bill, and, and I'm convinced of this now, you know, they, they, uh, a couple of them hiked their rates so that that could be used like, oh, they hiked their rates 25%. This is an outrage. This is why we need to pass this bill. Because we're going to pass this bill, they're probably going to make, you know, 50% more profit. I'm sure it's all baked in. We just haven't been able to figure it out. But, you know, it's, in. it's a scam. So, so we have a Senate bill, and we still need uh, the House to pass their bill. Now. Which is the Senate bill. Which Well, so this is how it's going to work. So instead of, and we've talked about this, John, you get the Senate passes a bill, the the House passes a bill, then they go into conference, then they come out with uh, a bill, and then the Senate has to pass the bill, and then the uh, House has to pass the bill, right? 
That's how it works. And then the president signs off on it. <clears throat> the old-fashioned way. That's the, well, that's, which, isn't that the way the Constitution says The Constitution says the House passes a bill, the Senate passes a bill. They, they put the two bills together in a committee, and then they put it back out there all fixed up, and both sides pass it, and then the president signs it. But they've changed it. Yeah, well, this is how they're going to do it. So Democrats vote on a bill, a separate bill, that includes new rules or language stating that the original Senate bill is, quote, deemed passed. So they won't actually vote on the bill. They'll vote for the agreement that the bill passed the Senate. And therefore, it can be passed. So no one can ever be faulted for voting for the bill. They just vote for the new rule that says, if you vote for the agreement that the Senate has passed it, then it's passed. And this is called the slaughter solution made up by uh, some uh, someone called Slaughter, obviously. I can't, I'm looking for it right now. I thought it was named after slaughtering the bill. No, no, no. So I think it's someone called uh, yeah, the slaughter solution named for House Rules Committee Chairman Louise Slaughter. Yeah, she dreamed it up. Yeah, and she's on the House Rules Committee. Let me repeat, House Rules Committee. Yeah, well, she had to. She makes the, the rules. So they just change the rules. Yeah. And so, but isn't that like uh, what? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, unconstitutional. Indeed. It's 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 amazing what they're doing to pass this thing. Yeah. Well, they they're you know the problem is is that when they lost that Massachusetts seat, you know they all of a sudden here's what here's the real problem is that the see the Senate passed a bill and. The House passed the bill. But now if they're going to go and dream up a third bill that they both have to pass again, it won't pass muster in the Senate because they don't have the 60 votes anymore. So they decided to let's make it the, the crazy bill that we designed in the first place. If the House agrees to that as the final bill, well, the Senate doesn't have to vote on it again because they already voted on it once. It's good enough. So it's good enough. So they get they jam the thing through, and then, according to uh, everybody, then they fix it after the fact. In other words, the bill's a mess, yeah. and so they're going to pass it so it's law, and then they're going to try to hammer away on it with you know a patchwork quilt methodology to try to make it so it's at least it's acceptable. And what's going to happen is it's going to become a quagmire. Uh, in the uh, in Congress, and it's going to probably chew up most of the time uh, that the Congress has in the next year or two. It's going to—I don't know—I I find the whole thing to be horrible. <sighs> you think that's horrible? Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. So Haiti is not off the radar screen. Let me tell you what we've uncovered here. So, of course, the red herring, which will be the top of the news, if it even comes to the top of the news, will be uh, Wyclef Jean, that he uh, apparently paid his mistress $105,000 through his Haitian charity. Yeah, whatever, big deal. Hookers and blow, I get it. But that's not the big deal. Um, I don't know if you caught it, because I did see it on C-SPAN. The president of Haiti was uh, in Washington two weeks ago, hanging out with Le Prez. And they even did a little uh, thing in the Rose Garden and uh, you know, a little uh, little get-together there. And thank goodness the Times Online actually reported this and helped me get on the, get on the track of uh, what's going on. So during this meeting, um, President uh, Preval presented to President Obama what is known as the plan. 
It literally is called the plan, which is the Haitian rebuilding plan. The plan, which will cost $14 billion. And uh, although the, the plan has not been officially uh, released yet, the plan calls for the slums and rubble of Port-au-Prince to make way for a model city of cycle paths, beachfront boardwalks, eco-friendly housing. The economy will roar back to life thanks to tourism <laughs> and cash crops such as coffee, mangoes, and freshly cut flowers. And a hugely ambitious social engineering project permanently relocating at least half a million refugees to suburbs... In other words, kick the riffraff out, throw them off to the side of the street. I'm like, okay, let me look into this. So this plan is uh, part of an outfit called GFDRR. And you can find them at GFR, GFDRR.org, the Global Facility for Disaster Reduction and Recovery which is a complete World Bank front. It's not even, they're not even fronting it, by the way. So the World Bank and, and all countries around the world donate money into this fund to go rebuild countries. And they actually put little plants. It's amazing when you read through this website. They actually said right there in 2008, oh, we need to put some money aside for Haiti in case a natural disaster takes place. When's the last time we had a natural disaster in Haiti? Like, well, it's like they, it's like they knew it. Uh, hurricanes hit Haiti all the time. Uh, Ciro DeFalco, head of the Inter-American Development Bank Haitian Task Force, is a part of this, along with the World Bank, the United Nations... I mean, this is it. This yeah, is, it's, the, it's the Economic Hitman Center. It, it, so, this website is amazing. It sounds like a winner. Now, I'm thinking, by the way, they, uh, you know, they didn't. They, the earthquake only killed off what? How many? Quarter million. <laughs> yeah, who's counting, John? And so they needed they need a good hurricane to wipe out the <laughs> the rest of them. I'm telling you, this is like a, this is a they're trying to kill all these people. It's it's picture perfect. They're and the ones they don't kill, they're just going to make slums off of, you know behind the wall of freshly cut flowers. Yeah, I know this is pathetic. This is a, the, the shysters all over the place. Hey, play the charity UN stealing clip. This is another thing that's going on, a similar thing where people are giving their hard-earned money and it just gets ripped off. Listen to this. Much of the UN's food aid intended for millions of hungry people in Somalia is being diverted. The New York Times and others reported that today based on a draft study from the UN Security Council. The report said corrupt contractors, radical Islamic militants, and local UN workers are taking up to half the food. Ugh. Local UN workers. Oh, oh yeah. that UN, yeah. that's a great organization. Yeah, that's the guys in the blue helmets. Then they look like douches walking around with a stupid blue helmet. <laughs> douches. Let me just call them out big time. Douchebag. It's, it's just outrageous. And then yeah, no one listens. Oh, whatever. Hey, how about that Prius that won't stop, huh? Whoa. Or, or if you want to go to real news, I got a story. Yeah, we can certainly do that. And now, back to real news. 
Okay, so they so so the big news, the big big news is Lindsay Lohan suing <laughs> E Trade for one hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah. So here's the commercial that she's suing over. Play it. Well, e- by the way, this is a commercial with little babies that are that are lip sync to say things. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a cute commercial. And I will say that when I first saw the commercial, I got the association immediate association immediately. I think the association's valid. It, it made me laugh. So, yeah, sorry about... Oh, sorry. Here, uh, yeah, this is it. About last night. Yeah, I just don't understand why you didn't call. Yeah, well, I, I was on E-Trade, you know, diversifying my portfolio, taking control like a wolf. Right. <laughs> What's that? That's volatility in the market. <laughs> taking care of. Wolf style. Oh, oh, oh. And that milkaholic Lindsay wasn't over? Lindsay? Milka what? <laughs> so Lindsay the milkaholic. Yeah. So she's suing based, based on the fact that she says $100 million is laughable. But she says that uh, she is now a one-name uh, personality. Yeah, like uh, Dvorak. Yeah, or Frank. <laughs> yeah, Frank. <laughs> Frank. That's funny, you know. In Fr- Frank in uh, Gitmo Nation East is uh, is a one name uh, brand because it's Ask Frank. If you uh, if you're on drugs, just ask Frank. He'll help you get off drugs. Ask Frank. So so they, they followed up with kind of a lame but interesting interview. Uh, what's her name? Britain that that hottie that works on the uh, on Fox. On the Fox, uh, Kimberly, Kimberly, and her last name is Gilfoil or whatever the heck it is. Tinfoil? See, Kimberly Tinfoil. <laughs> she, uh, she comes on and interviews Lohan's dad, who kind of in, implies that they're going to get some cash out of this deal. You <sighs> might as well run that. Well, joining me now from Miami is Lindsay's dad, Michael Lohan. Michael, thanks for being with us tonight. What's the deal? Do you think your daughter actually has a case? Well, thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, Geraldo. Um, you know, I'm not really party to this. I do have some information I know. And why um, are you on? Infor- well, because he's getting paid to be on. Yeah. Information that Lindsay's lawyer has obtained with regard to the case. And uh, you know what? It's just it's time that Lindsay and other people that are in the in the media start putting their foot down, and they um, they stop these people and companies from using them to exploit themselves as a person. Oh yeah, unlike her exploiting the media to use uh, for her benefit. Whether it's for their own their own self gain or um, or for you know their products, it's uh, it, it's horrible. And Lindsay does have a point. I agree with her 100. Um, percent I wasn't privy to the lawsuit taking off, but Stephanie Ovadia, Lindsay's lawyer, was... No, I can't listen to this. Do I have to listen to the whole thing? No, you can stop. Okay. The, the distraction distraction of the Dude, don't talk over the jingles. It's too long, that one. Uh, Kimberly does ask whether she thinks, you know, it's, it's a scam just to pick up a few pieces of coin. Yeah, well, that's not the, that's not the real, real, real news. And now, back to real news. A prostitution ring linked to alleged corruption in the awarding of public works contracts for the G8 summit in Italy involved as many as 350 call girls. Wow. The apparent scale of the sex for favors affair, which was previously said to involve three or four women is, of course, a further blow to the right-center government of Silvio Berlusconi. 
So they had this G8 summit, which, uh, you know, uh, was actually, they built a whole, like, you know, place for this in uh, Sardinia, a whole complex, which cost them like $600 million. But then they moved it to uh, uh, La Quilla, which was the place uh, where they had that earthquake. Remember this? It was in the news. It was a while ago, which, of course, cost another $327 million, which I'm sure we paid for somehow. But of course, it was because they had better hookers there. I guess I, I don't know what the deal is, but <laughs> better had, hookers. He, he set up three hundred and fifty chicks to get out. You know, to have these guys sign off on the dotted line. And I got to tell you, John, as I follow this the sexual interludes of the elites, I think that when I talk about the wheels coming off something, you know, now we have uh, the Pope, who uh, who's you know, of course, now we have uh, the Roman uh, Catholic Church. Uh, having to admit that uh, in Munich uh, there was another like 50 cases of uh, child abuse going on with uh, with, with uh, the clergy there. And one of the guys who was kicked out was let back in. <laughs> it's rampant. It's rampant. And, you know, and, and in California, we have two more. Ca- everyone's yelling about the sex offenders that were let go and then killed two girls. And you know what's happening here? I think that the, 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 there are so many sexual weirdos in high places, I'll just call them the elites, that they're now, they're now just killing off their own. It's like if, there's too many people who know too many things, and there's too many plebes involved, low-level people who score children for these evil elites. They're, they're, they're killing them, they're offing them, they're throwing them in jail. They're trying to clean house because it got out of control. And it's disgusting, and it's rampant. It is rampant. Yeah, well, this got you kicked off the air in Holland. Yeah, well, they can't kick me off the internets now, can they? Nope, and we don't take any advertising. So no no advertising. Donate, donate, donate. Keep us on uh, doing this forever. (sighs) Um, Little meme alert, John. You got one? Yeah, I keep hearing it. And this, uh, I've heard it. I've heard little Timmy Geithner say this multiple times in his congressional hearings. But now, every single time they bring up the health care bill and uh, no funding for no federal federally funded abortions, here's what you hear every single time: No, that can't happen because it's the law of the land. This I'm hearing too much of. What the law is of the land? The law of the land. Why don't you just say it's the law? Why are we? Why? What does this mean? The land. What does that mean? What does that mean? Back in 1860. I don't know what it means. It's a reference to. It's a. It's one of those memes that come out to get people to to associate with some TV show or something that makes them warm and cuddly. I have no idea. Here it is. Um, Law of the land. Definition. A phrase used. Oh, you're right, John. A phrase used in the Magna Carta to refer to the then-established law of the kingdom. Today, it refers to fundamental principles of justice commensurate with due process. The United States Constitution declares itself to be, quote, the supreme law of the land. Hmm. But it goes back to the Magna Carta. Yeah. It's just differentiated from Roman or civil law. But why don't we just, but, but, you know, not funding abortions with federal money, of course, has nothing to do with with the Constitution. 
So why, why, this is the standard response. I just saw Axelrod on Meet the Press this morning answering the same question. Well, no, it's the law of the land. And whenever Timmy Geithner is asked about uh, the, you know, the, the Federal Reserve, um, which of course uh, get to print our money based upon the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, he always refers to, well, that's the law of the land. It's the law of the land. So shut up, slave. It's the law of the land. It's a, it's a meme that's out there and being used all too frequently for comfort. Interesting. So I only have one clip left. Yeah, it's, it's, for, it's a comforting phrase. Mainly because I, I want to run one of these every once in a while because I just love these things. Ever since you pointed out that the acting on television, if you don't actually see the actors, is dreadful. Yeah. So I have a bad acting clip. Okay. Which everybody, I'm sure, looks forward to. And this one is from the TV show Numbers. Oh, what, what is this? Uh, the premise of this show? It's about, uh, well, the original premise of the show was that there was a math whiz that could somehow, through mathematics, solve crime. And now <laughs> it's just become a cop's show. It's nothing to it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he, he does it through the law of the land. Through the law of the land. But this is the end of one of the episodes, and it was it's just like, it was. It, even when you were watching it, it was bad acting. But okay. I, I, I think you would appreciate <laughs> the emoting here. Okay. You know, I can't let you walk out of here without saying something, right? Why is that? Just losing your gun. It helped to, uh, to capture a violent fugitive, man. <laughs> That's how cops always talk, by the way. Hey, man, we help helped you capture a violent fugitive. You saved the family. Three people still lost their lives, even if they weren't exactly innocent. Uh-huh. You don't think the good balances out the bad. You can't know that. Yeah, well, you got that far, right? I'll tell you something. I've worked with you for six years. You know, and regardless of how many times you've you questioned your decisions or and you beat yourself up. Oh, this is so bad, John. This is bad acting. Yeah, huh, 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 we talk like this all the time, don't you? Oh, you yeah, and I, man. hey man, you know, all the time we've been working, you, you beat know, yourself the, up, you know. The other thing like, about this show, and along uh, with a few other shows, is like they're in the office, it is pitch black. All you see is their shadowy figures, basically, on the screen. It's pitch black. The, I don't see, you know, you'd have to put some light. Does anybody do any re- read a police report in there? Because you couldn't read. It's pitch black. The, the lighting and everything is all moody. I mean, I think this show stinks. I know. I know in my heart, in the end, Don Epps is a force. You are a weapon for what's right. Oh yeah, what's good, John? And what's true, John? We do the show because we know it's what's what's right. It's what's true. We've got to do it, my friend. <laughs> you know why do you put yourself through that? Why do, why do you make do you? I mean, who in your family wants to see this? I mean, you need AT and T Ustream so you can record four shows at once. I mean, here's what I do. What is that, man? I was tuning around. You know, good, leaving C-SPAN, and I, and I caught the end of this show, and I was noticing this dark, this darkness in the show. I mean, it's everybody, nobody, you know, all you see is just barely see the sight. I mean, it's just dark. You know, it's like a radio drama. And so, uh, and then I caught this little monologue at the end, and I went, this really stinks. And so I went back and recorded it for, for the bad acting clip. I, I did not watch the show. So, um... 
To wind it up, just a couple things which you can find more expanded information on the show notes at noagendashow.com. Because this is the, a very interesting story about Lehman Brothers, which is in the news, but they're not really telling you how it works. Uh, so the headline is, uh, the New York Federal Reserve, i.e. little Timmy Geithner, knew that Lehman was cooking the books before they failed. In fact, months before they failed, he knew that they were going to... Uh, that, you know, that they were uh, exactly that, cooking the books. In fact, there's a quote here. The challenge for the government and for troubled firms like Lehman was to reduce risk exposure. And the act of reducing risk by selling assets could result in collateral damage by demonstrating weakness and exposing air in the marks. Air. That's a key word here, air. In other words, air. It didn't exist. It was fake. Because what they did is they had $50 billion of losses. And they, in order to report great numbers in their annual report, or their quarterly report, they borrowed $50 billion on uh, what is known as, uh, there's a name for it. Well, basically, it's a like a, it's like a four day loan. So they could say, "Oh, we got all this money. Is my fifty billion dollars right over here? That's not a problem. We got that." And then, of course, four days later, they give the money back after they've reported that they have great numbers. Now, the uh, they couldn't do that in the United States, so they went to London and had a UK law firm approve this transaction, and the whole thing was signed off on by Ernst and Young. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. But all of this was known by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York when little Timmy Geithner was the the president there. We need to get rid of the central banking system. That is the only... Well, definitely something screwed up. Now, the funny thing was, I was watching just before any of this broke, there was some guy was on CNBC in the morning. I was in New York at the time, so I got to watch that early, early show they do uh, on CNBC. And they had some guy that came out that accused Lehman Brothers of being something, something was wrong. And he just finished a book on this topic. And he had all kinds of questions to ask. They wouldn't answer. And he was on, on the show discussing some of these things. And I swear to God, the CNBC guys that run that morning show, I forgot what it's called opening bell or something like that Yeah, uh, opening bell yeah. Or, the one, or the one before that's a real early show the team of people they were just giving it to this guy this is bull this can't be possibly happening I think this is mean of you to be you know doing this and even just talking like this is horrible yeah <sighs> they were just giving it to this guy I, I, as soon as it, but I heard what I was listening to was uh, this guy who had some interesting poop on on the company and it didn't seem like a good investment but uh yeah he was all over the lehman story and they nobody was listening it's weird um the most emailed story of the week which uh we didn't get into but i don't think we really need to um there's a new book out and the author says well you know the cia tested drugs they put lsd in the bread of this french town i'm like yeah big deal they're putting drugs in your water as we speak your water is contaminated as we speak. Forget about 50 years ago. This is going on right now. So what and, was this French town that had bread loaded with uh, LSD? Yeah, the CIA was, uh, they actually, they, they tried this in colleges. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
Uh, I got this. If you, re- I mean, do you really want the story? I mean, it's in the show notes. Yeah, I'll read in the show it's, notes. It's, it's, it's like it's like who cares? You know, if a it was fifty years ago. B it was the French. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, but in uh, in the UK, once again, two more heroin uh, users. Uh, admitted to the hospital with anthrax poisoning. This is through, from the uh, the batch of heroin that was stored next to the anthrax in uh, in Afghanistan, and it got contaminated. So this is uh, not not very good. If if, if you're going to get the uh, the heroin, ask your dealer. Talk to your dealer and ask him if it was if, if it was loaded next it's to the right anthrax. For you. <laughs> ask your dealer if this heroin is right for you. Exactly, and. Uh, and, and of course, we shouldn't mention that there's been a couple of uh, various. It hasn't been as strong as it was a few weeks ago, but some guy got into a wreck and killed somebody, and they found a bunch of marijuana in his car. Right, and, they're still uh, on that. Yeah, they're still. They're on trying that. to keep the marijuana meme going, so people are think. Well, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't pass this this uh, this bill that California's uh, got coming up. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of news about our favorite company. Monsanto. But I think you should just go read that in the show notes because it's all about the seeds that aren't working. Uh, you know, the bottom line is more genetically modified food for you. That has uh, now been approved by the uh, United States of Europe. Uh, they'll be bringing that in. So if you thought what you were eating there, uh, dude, the food they eat over there that you get from the supermarket is sawdust with glue. So hey. I'd like to know when they first, when the first the Franken food concept first came out, the genetically modified, the Europeans seemed to be the ones most against it. They were all, oh, all against it. Yeah. They were all against it. What changed? Uh, the, the Lisbon Treaty? The Lisbon Treaty enabled Brussels to tell you what's good for you or not. So they passed this potato. That's the first one. And now, oh, well, you know, uh, the, now we have to use uh, GM uh, cotton and uh, the soybeans. And uh, we, uh, we don't want a food crisis. This is about food safety. So read your labels, people. Read your labels. And uh, maybe we can start a thread in noagendaforums.com on where to buy uh, guaranteed non-GM food because there is so much. I mean, we, we, we shop at Whole Foods. Which I'm going to stop, by the way. And you come home and you start reading these labels and it's all GM crap. It's all modified. Yeah, it's terrible. So I went, you know, the interesting little side note, and maybe we'll talk about it in the next show, but I went to Google for lunch. Ooh, how'd that go? Well, they, they have a lot of good food there. But the thing was pointed out to me <laughs> ah, that they... There's the 11.15 right on time. They're going one mile an hour. <laughs> so wait a minute. So so Google, of course, you mean the company that uh, has a partnership with the NSA? Yeah, or something. So anyway, so I'm there. I, th- I found the place slightly creepy, by the wait, way. But they ha- you should say they have valet parking, right? They have valet parking, of course. Big good companies always have valet parking. So um, <laughs> so anyway, so what they, they come to my out, house, I'll valet park for you. No problem. It was pointed out to me that the soda machine they have all these different regular sodas. You know the you know the the kind you go and you get your own soda because everything, oh, by the way, all the food is free at Google. So, um, you can get whatever you want and drink whatever you want. So they have, but it was pointed out to me that they have, even though they have brand name sodas, they are specially made without high fructose corn syrup for just for the Googlers. So Googlers do not get the high fructose corn syrup. Wait, wait a minute. So there is like uh, Coca-Cola hands them stuff that is without HFC. 
Well, I mean, the, the, the Mexican Coca-Cola has no, you can buy and go to Costco and you can find most Costco's will have a, a, a you know, you can buy a crap load of Mexican co- Coke, which is <laughs> yeah, Coca-Cola. I know it, it's hurting yeah. global warming. It's, I know uh, about the Mexican, Mexican Cola. Coca-Cola has got no high fructose corn syrup in it. And it doesn't even. It, it tastes a lot, a lot different. Right? So, so they get like so. The, so they get like special uh, privileges. I guess, or they ask for it, they buy it special. I have no idea, but there was, but it was a bragging point. Hmm. Somebody made. Interesting. You know, on that on that line, the American Beverage Association uh, has a new commercial out. Where, uh, well, let's let's just play this commercial. It's thirty seconds, and then we'll talk about it. Competition. It pushes us to work harder, to be better, to win. But sometimes, even rivals realize they share a common goal. America's beverage companies have removed full-calorie soft drinks from schools, reducing beverage calories by 88%. Together with schools, we're helping kids make more balanced choices every day. So, what is a full-calorie beverage? What does that mean? So now they're just it, obviously they're putting aspartame in schools. That's that's obvious. Apparently, they're talking about a regular sugared up or high fructose up uh, Coca Cola. Why yes. these kids are drinking Coca Cola or soda at all in school and not just milk is yeah. beyond me. Or milk or uh, what happened to the water cooler? When I was a, when I was a kid, we had a water cooler that didn't work and we loved it, and we liked that lukewarm water. And we drank it. It's nuts. Kill when I was kids. a kid, I, <laughs> I, I we're drinking faucets all over the place, and that's what kids drank. Yeah, we drank out of the water faucet. Or yeah. you, if you brought a if you brought a lunch bag or a boxed lunch or whatever you brought, you'd have a thermos full of something. Your, yeah, your the thermos put. that your mom gave you, and you had four cents. Four cents was milk money. And you get and I of course I always got beat up for my four cents. Give me your milk money, Curry. But, but it was four pennies. My mom, oh, I miss my mom. Just thought about it for a second. She, she would give me four pennies in a little plastic baggie, and that was my milk money. But nowadays, you need like 10 that? bucks. How sweet is that? Aww. Oh, please. Well, come on. So, I get a, a little moment uh, here. All right. So anyway, so you got your four cents, and you, which doesn't sound right to me. It was four but, cents for for. Why would they make money? it a nickel or something that's sensible? Rather, were you carrying a bunch of extra coins around? It just I think they should have jacked the price up a penny. <laughs> well, dude, I, what can I tell you? That's what. It Whatever was. the case is, they're, 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 these kids are being given, you know, soda pop and and free uh, Fritos and and junk food and. Cupcakes and you know yeah. I don't and and then we're giving the school away to the charter schools so they can be taught absolutely nothing and now they're going to give them all as aspartame or whatever that stuff aspartame, is aspartame which has been which... rebranded it has a new name it's so new I don't remember it yeah uh, my final note for uh, this program I, a tip of the hat to the uh, to the hacker who uh, got into the TSA and uh, I guess tried to inject malicious code into the government network to screw up the TSA database. I love it. I will repeat that uh, you have to be very good to your system admin, your network admin. These are the people who will actually save us, who will uh, help us route around all the Gitmo uh, gates that will be put in place. You need to respect these people, men and women. 
Uh, I know a lot of us see the the network admin as like a frustrating uh, frustrating experience because oh okay, they won't do what I need, but you know what they're actually going to save your ass in the end. And uh, I salute them, and I uh, there's a great story about uh, apparently some uh, some admin or hacker who got in uh, to the TSA and started messing with everything. Unfortunately, he got nailed. And then uh, I got a. A briefing from a cop in Florida whose name I'm not allowed to mention because, of course, I'll never get anything from him again. It's the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, uh, dated March 10, 2010, Lessons and Implications of the Christmas Day Attack regarding watch listing and pre-screening. And uh, he's underlined a couple of things for me here. The most important being that... uh, Here we go. Domestic terrorists are not included on watch lists. And this will remain this way. And I'm thinking, why would they not put domestic terrorists or people who they think are domestic terrorists on watch lists? And it hit me, of course, because that would pretty much rule out all of the Senate and the House of Representatives. They couldn't fly. (laughs) That was my punchline. Yeah. But I appreciate all the inside info you send us. There's a lot of stuff we can't talk about, but it does help us in our research. And uh, this is almost like, uh, we're almost like a public company here. The minute one quarter ends, which, uh, you know, is a show for us, we're going to turn right around, and an hour from now, we're going to start prepping for the next one, which will be on Thursday. And we need your support for this program. Please think of us and support us by donating at noagendashow.com, dvorak.org slash na, or channeldvorak.com slash na. And uh, we're going to go head off in, uh, in the, uh, the new vehicle to the farmer's market to go get some real food. Coming to you from uh, the Hilltop Watchtower, just a stone's throw away from Vivid Entertainment's international headquarters in Gitmo Nation West, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the trains now go at about two miles an hour, that's our high-speed units, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back on Thursday with another edition of the Early Service for Episode 183. You could be the executive producer. We'll talk to you then, right here on No Agenda.